Welcome to the 303rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on September 25th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com. And 5% of this here show with me is the man who's getting ready to blow out some serious candles. Carlos Rodella. Oh, man. If I put all those candles on one cake, it would be a lot of candles. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous amount of fire because it's your birthday and you are old just like I am, too. Yes, I'm older now. You are. Yeah. I think I'm your older birthday. than you, right? You are. Uh, yes, you are. I believe either one or like 1.5 years older than me. We're pretty close, though. Yeah. We don't need to tell the listeners, do we? But, um, you know. 35 it's a it's a weird year yeah your mid-30s it's oh you know (laughs) (laughs) it's you know you start looking at 40 and you're like it's around the corner oh man we are we are laying down some hardcore deception right now i don't think it's i don't think it's mid-30s anymore it isn't and i as you i've told you on the podcast before i cannot lie I, i just can't do it so i am going to be 48 years young Everybody. 48. You know, you don't sound 48. If I listened to this for the first time and didn't know who you were, I'd be like, that's the voice of a very young spry man. Full of life is what I would say. (laughs) Until I start talking like this, then forget about it. Um, (laughs) Yes. Well, I am excited because I was very, very excited. And we'll talk about this in the housekeeping segment. But for Valkyrie Elysium, uh, which is coming out, everybody knows I love the demo. And so for my birthday, I uh, basically pre-ordered the game. The digital version, if you don't know about this, digital version lets you play the game three days early. Nice, nice. A little early access of a kind. Exactly. And my birthday is tomorrow that the recording, we're recording on Sunday. September 26th. Okay. Yeah. And so tonight, though, at 9 p.m., I get to, to start the game. Uh, oh, nice. Birthday. Okay. So that early, early release window starts now which means it releases in what three days at 9 p.m or something yeah exactly so tonight i get to play it for my birthday so i'm pretty excited that's my present my present to myself excellent excellent well happy early birthday sir uh happy happy early birthday congratulations Mm. on staying alive on this rock for one more full rotation it's kind of an achievement these days it's an achievement all of us any any birthday you have just be like wow we're still doing it still here still here motherfuckers you haven't got rid of me yet so yeah right on Happy birthday, happy birthday. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Enough of these candles. I don't have enough fire extinguishers to put all of these out. Let's get this out of here. It's a fire hazard. Let's get on with the show. Um, All right, folks. Uh, As you know, regular listeners know, and if you're a new listener, we're going to tell you right now, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. It's the housekeeping section. Looking pretty full on my side this week, Carlos. How is your side looking? Yeah, there's a lot of boxes in here, and we need to get through some of them quickly. Man. Okay, so I've got, like, one huge one, and I've got, like, maybe three kind of small ones. What do you got? You want to, like, back and forth, or what do you think? Well, here's a box that, box that I was going to open last week, and I forgot to. So let's do that one first. Oh, yeah. I remember you had one left over. Okay, go for yeah, it. Yeah, it's a little dusty now. Um, so what I was going to say last week before it all, like, went crazy on Twitter and all over social, is um, I was going to bring up the idea of, or the thought of, early uh, footage being leaked from GTA 6, uh, which happened. Yeah, you know, I, I, I caught whiff of this, and I saw mostly the fallout and everything. I didn't see it right when it happened, so I don't really know like all the details. You want to just quickly like recap exactly what happened? Yeah, just one kid, uh, who they've already caught, by the way, and I guess they're going to persecute in some way, 
um, basically intercepted the Slack channel for uh, Rockstar, no- Rockstar North. I can't speak today. I think it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, no, it's already happening. Oh, no. I'm mental getting... decline. No, mental losing decline. the faculties. Oh. Yikes. Oh, Carlos. It's starting with me talking. I guess I've been oh, talking for 48 years. I got to stop. Your talker is wearing <laughs> out, man. Okay, what I meant to say was, uh, yeah, the kid intercepted their Slack channel uh, for Rockstar. Why am I saying Rockstar? Am I, it, yeah, it's Rockstar. It is Rockstar. Okay. You're right. You're right. Again, the old age. Mental decline. No. Square Enix, right? Um, <laughs> and so got a ton of video footage and just released a ton of it. So he just like somehow wormed his way into their Slack? Yeah. And by the way, the as you know, we, people, we both use Slack a lot. Like you just share everything on there. Um, so yeah, I don't know how he did it, but he did. And so then, you know, the first thing that went around was everyone was like, oh, you know, it looks kind of not finished and it looks bad or whatever. But of course it does because it's not finished. Well, no shit. I mean, that was, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. I got, yeah, I, I got thoughts, but go ahead. I know. Well, it all kind of turns into this one weird thing, which is uh, just like you said, all the, you know, press as well as developers were like, yeah, of course that's like, it's not done. And then also, um, you know, the meme was created from it, which basically was uh, all these developers jumped on the bandwagon <clears throat> in a good way. And we're like, because uh, some article got published that said, like, art is the first thing that gets finished in a game. Oh, my God. Which is the Jeez, craziest thing in the world. Which is written by some fucking moron. Guy. Yes. Yeah. That here. person's gone. Um, but yeah. So like all these developers started posting videos of like early game footage and showing and saying that funny thing, like art, art's the first thing that gets created. And there was all these, you know, clunky not finished games. So that's great that like, you know, it created a meme that was actually positive and showing that like, uh, here's the actual development cycle, you know, but the, my, my last thoughts on it, which were going to be my last thoughts last uh, show actually, is that I still don't think it's anything negative for GTA because a, everyone's going to buy it anyhow. Uh, B, <clears throat> we know it's early footage, but for me, I was seeing some of that footage of like modern day, um, vice city essentially is what it is. Okay. Um, and it looked great. Like, yeah, the, the fi- unfinished parts look unfinished, but I wasn't even judging them. Uh, I like the Bonnie and Clyde style, which which is already hinted at. So it was that. <laughs> yeah, hold on, yeah, hold yeah. on. Let me finish. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm preparing funny anecdotes in my head. I'm with you. Oh, I'm okay, with. okay. No, I'm not laughing at you. I got. Okay. I got, I'm just, this whole thing is ridiculous, but keep. It talking. is ridiculous, and you're laughing at the situation. But I am. What absolutely. I'm saying is, is that some of those like glimpses of the footage. Of like you know the the cars going by the trees looking really really realistic because like those were finished but everything else wasn't. I was like, oh no! I, if anything, I'm more excited because I like the idea of the the couple going across like in a crime spree thing, and they look like just regular people, and it looked like a modern day. Which you know me, I love games that are set in actual modern day, and it looks you know super realistic and not yeah. like stylized in some way. So yeah. Yeah, for me, I know I go. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's not finished. There's a bunch of broken things, but I like what they're going to do with it." So, it was this a positive whole, for me. Oh yeah, I mean, and this <laughs> this whole thing is so fucking stupid. It's so stupid because if you know anything about game development, which I guess a lot of people fucking don't, like games are a fucking mess until two hours before they release, dude. Like it's just normal par for the course. I'm not a developer, but I know many developers. I've been to many studios. I've been on the in with many games over the years. And it's like, dude, I mean, I've seen games that are like, they look like gray blocks running around a gray block. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And then like in two weeks, it's fucking God of war. Like, dude, like whatever it's like, it's like I'm making chocolate chip cookies in the, in, in the, in the kitchen. Right. And I've got 
egg and flour in my bowl. And some asshole puts his finger in there. Oh, it's gross. It's just like egg and flour. No fucking shit. That's asshole. a funny, Not done. yeah, that's a good I'm, kind of version. It, People like take it, a video of your yeah. like uh, bowl. <laughs> It's like it's not done, motherfucker. I still got so many ingredients to go in there. Plus, I got to bake it. Plus, I got to like frost it at the end or like whatever. What the hell are you talking about? It's gross. Of course, it's gross. It's not finished. Why would anybody? The fact that anybody for even half a moment was like, oh, these graphics don't look great. The game's going to suck. Like that to me tells me you are a person I don't need to waste any time on. You are a moron, sir. Right. And just be gone with you. But those people got pushed to the side. I feel like, again, it, it came out in the wash. I was like, okay, yeah, people are still going to buy the game. If anything, it got attention around it. I don't know. Yeah. And I, like I said, it came up with a like a fun meme that and it was, I mean, any devs could jump onto. I saw that and that was great. And I'm glad they did that. And I think it all did come out. But just that's just like, oh, man, it's, it's so dumb. It's like your house is halfway finished. Oh, there's rain coming in from the roof. Well, I haven't put the roof on yet. It's not done. Yeah. Fuck off. It's not done, you idiot. I've, I've actually been in studios working for studios, remember? Yeah, you have been. And yes. I've watched the process. Now, I will say this. Like some games, you know, there's a huge level of polish that happens in the last, like you said, few weeks or months or whatever. Seriously, But yes. before that, there's a, I mean, it's fucking, a lot of it's done. So I'm not saying that like oh, sure. it, the I mean, la- at the last month is when you put art in. That's not what I'm saying because that's not true. Um, but but to, to think that the art's the first thing is wrong. But like, you know, yeah, the last yeah. game I worked with and I was, you know, part of, it was real close, you know, but that last month or two, it made it, it did make it look like a different game. Like totally. Oh, for sure. For sure. Cause I like mean, then you know, style starts coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you've got your basics, mm-hmm. you get your physics, you get your functionality, you get your different, you know, aspects of gameplay and stuff. I mean, every studio has got their own process or whatever, but like to, ex- to for, like you said, anybody who thinks art is the first thing done, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, no. And, and for anybody who looks at any game whatsoever in any form before the developers tell you it's done, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt, man. They're not done. They know what they're doing and you don't. So shut the fuck up yep. and don't be stealing people's uh assets from you know discord or whatever just like please just just stop it's stupid it's so funny because again my only takeaway is that i'm excited for gta 6 i don't know <laughs> i'm like yeah i want to play bonnie clyde's uh, gta so bad like just give it to me yeah, uh yeah. take my money so the other story that i was going to mention it kind of like uh went into this week as well yeah, yeah. which is cyberpunk 2077 what i really have a problem what 2077 2070 that is the correct name. I think I'm having. Are an you episode. saying you didn't know what the name of what the name of Cyberpunk was? <laughs> yes. Yes, it's Cyberpunk 2077. Did we did we record a podcast last week? Do I have this ring is the first rust? podcast we've ever done. This is our brand is it? new. Oh, new that's why. Episode also, it's 303, so it's like a th- like opposite. What is it? Palindrome. Palindrome. Yes, Palindrome. Forward, right? forward and backward are the same. So maybe yes. I'm going retreating backwards in my podcast ability. At my birthday and Ansipelodrum. But if we went forward and back and they're the same, that would mean you were terrible at the start as you're terrible at the end. You don't want that. That That's might be good. happening. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, Cyberpunk uh, just passed the all-time Steam Peak concurrent players. Um, all time. Really? Yeah, and so the only, like, Witcher 3 was, um, you know, did really well, but, like, it passed Witcher 3's. Um, concurrence as well. So it's 100,000 right now at the time I mean, of this that, recording. That has to be because of the anime. I can only it imagine is, yeah. that the renewed an- the, the renewed interest is because of the show on Netflix. Everybody's like, oh yeah, the cyberpunk, you know, come the, back to it. I didn't start it and here's the show and I want to play it now. Yeah, that's a mixture of it. So the anime called Edge Runners, which I love, 
um, was great. And then also they released a patch at the same time. Very smart timing. And the patch has like DLC type content from edge runners in it. So okay. you want to go back into the world or you want to start the game. This is a perfect time because not only <clears throat> is it finished, Brad Galloway. I didn't say anything. I know. Uh, but also it, it has this fun ties, you know, to the anime. Um, and like I said last episode, the anime is like spot on shot for shot locations in the city that you're playing the game in. Yeah. So I, I just bring it up because, I, again, I think it's awesome. I love the game. I always thought it was great. But to see it like it's I guess it's two years after it launched. And now it has more people than Witcher 3 ever did. Uh, it's just really cool. I think that goes to really show the power of not just marketing, but also like the the cross-media experience. I know you're a big fan of that. Like I'm when you're watching some show. Yeah, you're a big fan of that. When you're you're watching something you like, you want to be playing, if not that thing, then something in the ballpark of a thing. We've, we've noted that many times on the show. And I think probably a lot of people are like that as well. Like they're watching, you know, uh, you know, like this in case uh, cyberpunk or they're playing or they're watching walking dead and want to play some walking dead. Yep. That was a big crossover thing as well. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And so good on good on them for making it happen. I mean, it really goes to show that you can get some energy beyond something that's been out for a while. If you, if you know what you're doing. So it seems like a big win for those guys. And I will say this, I did finish the anime edge runners. Yeah. And it is, so I'm going to call it the new Akira. I don't what? know if you, if you ever watched Akira, but it's like, Oh yeah. It's the Akira for our generation because it's, and this is not a spoiler, but it's like a bit depressing, a bit sad and emotional. It has love in it that doesn't feel corny, and and it and it has you know like a uh, starts with a travesty kind of thing, and it has like class system stuff. I mean, it's fucking amazing, and I was super super uh, just impacted by it. Like the ending was really in, intense and. I don't. I mean, I haven't watched an anime like that for a long time, and it wasn't because I have a love for cyberpunk. It really wasn't. I was just like, oh, if anything, I was not not giving it the time of day in the beginning. You know, I was like, oh, it's a, it's you know, like you said, a marketing thing. But no, it's its own thing, and it's fucking great, and everybody should watch it if you like anime at all. Um, oh. It's really, really good. Well, I watched the first two episodes, as we noted last last time. Um, it didn't really. I mean, it was fine. I didn't not like it, but it didn't like light me on fire you know and i got such limited time i was like well i don't know if i want to be watching this i'll say this though it just it ramps up so much i mean like i'll give you something that might it's a minor spoiler for everybody listening and you but it might get you back in is that at some point you know he starts with a young kid who's like uh loses his mom and it's it's a sad story and like super sad he's trying to figure out how to be a cyberpunk in this world and he's kind of timid you know and he does he can't do a lot of things So about a few episodes in even, because it's only like a nine, ep- 10 episode thing, he he's evolved now. And like they kind of jump ahead like years. Mm, and that okay, really okay. helps because then you see like the kind of evolution of him and, and his relationships and then the kind of big choices he has to make. So it's a beautiful arc of like a person's life almost. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's much bigger than the sum of its parts and it's not the first couple episodes. So I... I would implore you to go back to it. All right. Can. Well, that's fine. I mean, like I said, I did not like it. I just had to really prioritize what I was watching and it didn't grab me. But if you're, mm. if you're really, uh, you're standing for that hard, maybe I should go back and give it's it a couple It's really more fucking good. Yeah. All right. All right. I right. have more boxes, but you do some boxes now. Uh, okay. Just a couple quickies. Um, I want to give a shout out to a game that exists. I want people to know this game exists. It's called Mahu Senshi Cosplay Club. This is from the creators of Chroma Squad. Uh, that was pretty well received. Chroma Squad was kind of like a turn-based strategy where 
It was kind of like Power Rangers. I mean, it was really basically Power Rangers, but they didn't have the Power Rangers license, and so they kind of skirted around it. Um, I didn't play it myself, but we had people at the site play it, and I heard a lot about it, and they really supported it for a long time. I was getting PR about it, like, forever. I think I still am, actually. They're putting in, like, guest stars, and they really have, like, built a lot onto that um, onto that engine. So it speaks pretty well for those developers. It shows that they, they love what they do. They really put themselves into it, and they support things for a long time. Uh, Mahu Senshi Cosplay Club is kind of along similar lines from what I can tell. It's not done. It's coming out soon, but it's like you play people who cosplay and you're like at this convention. Um, when you do battles, it's like you're doing like LARPing battles, which I thought was so fucking funny and cool. Like people wearing like a dinosaur costume or somebody's got a robot costume and they're, you know, they're going like pretending to do like oh, attacks cool. and stuff and it's kind of attacks. Uh, and that's how you fight. And then you can like change change your costume so like as if you were a cosplayer if you've ever seen any of those cosplay tv shows or if you know about cosplaying like you know you make a lot of stuff yourself if you're a good one and so people like you build your own cosplay stuff and change your your costume up and that affects your stats and everything it just looks really cool and fun um looks really like um light light-hearted in a good way and really interesting and i don't think there's that many cosplay i mean the only thing that that jumps out to me is something like um costume quest maybe but that's not even that's not even a cosplay that's just like kids put on a costume which is slightly different i think the cosplay element really adds a lot to it and it's something that if you're a gamer i mean you probably have some kind of experience with cosplay so maybe this is like the venn diagram for you maybe you're in both circles there or even if you're not maybe just check it out but uh, i just wanted people to know that this was a thing that was coming soon so maybe check it out once again from the creators of chroma squad Check it out. Check it out. Um, I want to also say, I don't know, remind me, Carlos, did I ever mention on the show that I talked to um, Ubisoft a while ago about uh, accessibility? Did I ever talk about that? Uh, maybe. I can't remember. Maybe. I can't remember either. Um, I want to just give a shout out to Ubisoft real quickly. Um, they have an accessibility team that really cares about what they're doing. They um, called me personally, like on the phone or you know Zoom. And we just had this like really nice chat where they were talking about, you know, what we game critics did for accessibility, what we look for in games, how they can better support us. And then they wanted us to know what they were doing, which I'm always up for. It was a great chat. And I want to give a shout out to them as a while ago. And one of the things that came out of that chat was they are doing a lot of things to push accessibility forward, but they were having trouble like surfacing it. Like they, they're doing all this work and it's probably costing them. I don't even know how much money. Um, and people just were not really like 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 seeing what they were doing, right? And they know that game critics as one of the people who spends a lot of time uh, on accessibility, so they wanted to, you know, like let us know, right? And so at the site right now, if you go to gamecritics.com, uh, they've sent us their most recent uh, PR update, which is about Rocksmith, the game where you kind of like teach yourself to play guitar. Have you ever played Rocksmith, uh, Carlos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so Rocksmith, obviously a music game. Uh, obviously like you use your fingers and stuff but they did this uh brief interview with the developers uh, which was really cool to get some insight but at the end of that they give a very detailed breakdown of what kind of accessibility options they have and that was one of the things that we really talked about right like at game critics we add control information subtitle information esrb information all that kind of stuff colorblind information because we feel like it's fair especially in a world where it's very difficult sometimes to return your game purchases, especially if you're on console, like you shouldn't buy a game if you can't physically play that game, you know, like if there's something that's stopping you, you shouldn't. And if you do, you should get your money back. And oftentimes you don't. And so we feel like it's only fair to tell people ahead of time what they're in for before they spend their bones. And that's exactly what Ubisoft is doing too. They, they sent this list very detailed about what, uh, what they offer colorblind controls, accessibility, whatever, 
So anybody who's thinking about Rocksmith and any other games that they're going to they're going to cover soon will have this fair shot of like, hey, here's what we're doing as a company. Read this first before you spend your money on us. And if this looks good to you, go for it. I applaud that, man. I think that's amazing. And no matter what anybody, no matter what issues anybody has with Ubisoft as a company or with their design or whatever, you got to respect something like this. I think this is an absolute win for the industry. It's a win for gamers who have disabilities. And I think that just, it's just a good thing to do. It's just the right thing to do, man. So yeah. I applaud them big time. Um, so props to Ubisoft. And if anybody wants to see that article, um, I linked to the original article. And also we have all the information to Game Critics. And I'm guessing people probably come to Game Critics for some accessibility stuff. Anyway, it's right there on the homepage. Please check that out. And props, 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 props to Ubisoft. For props, sure. props, props. And I'll say one more thing. One, props obviously to Game Critics for doing it so many years and showing different accessibility options. But also, if you think of like just things you buy in the store that aren't games, like it would be crazy if you didn't know if you could use it, you know? Yes, like yes, yes. Like a hammer, I don't know, hammer is probably a bad example, but like something, technical specs, specs are on it. You know what I mean? Like specifications exactly. and product stuff. You go to Amazon detail page, you see what it is. So it just should be by default. Like the yeah, developers exactly. should just have this information by default, I think. I, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I agree with that 100%. And I'm really proud and, and happy that, that Ubisoft is doing that. I wish more people would do that. And, uh, you know, my commitment to anybody out there, not just Ubisoft, but if any developers out there are listening, if you're doing some something cool in the accessibility field, please drop me a line like me specifically. And I'm happy to help promote that, you know, whether we review your game or not or anything, this is just outside of that. I'm happy to make that information available to people and uh, reach out, reach out. And I'm happy to do whatever I can. So, all, all right. right, there's that. Um, I got two more things. One's a medium, one's a large. What do you got? I have a small and two mediums. All right, do yours and then we'll hit mine. The Go small is yours. also your box. It's, it's our shared box, which is Xbox game pass. Okay. Um, yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop doing the thing where recently added games aren't there. Like, if you've played Game Pass, used it, you go to the section for recently added, sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. It's not, yes. Which you noted somewhere uh, recently, I think on Twitter or something. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, why does that leave? Why does it go away? Oh, dude, it drives me so fucking bananas. I've talked to people at Xbox about it before. I've bitched about it on Twitter multiple times, but it's like, I love Game Pass. It's, you know, Xbox is great. Best place to play games. I don't know. About um, that, but go ahead. But I love Game Pass. I use it all the time and it drives me fucking bananas because all I want to do is jump on a Game Pass, see what's new. I've already been through all the lists. Like when Game Pass came into creation, I went through every game on Game Pass. Yep. And I like, I favorited, save for later. Like I did it all. Like I went through every single game. Now, I only want to see the new stuff because I've seen everything else. But it's very hard to pick out what's new in that whole sea of games. It's like 100, 150 games or whatever it is. I, you know, I'm not going to read the whole list just to see what's new. And maybe my memory is going to serve me. Maybe it's not. Well, so it's, it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just leave the, leave the recently added there. And people on Twitter were telling me all sorts of workarounds. They were like, oh, well, if you uh, go to the homepage and then you go to this other window, then there's like a little recently added tab. And sometimes it was there. Sometimes it wasn't. And one guy was like, well, if you go into Game Pass, it's not going to be there. But then you back out and then go back in. It'll be there on this other page on the store page oh, and i'm like oh shit and, and it was but it's like i shouldn't have to go through any kind of hoops i shouldn't have to know the workaround just have it right there with all your other motherfucking categories yeah. just right there at the top i've never again I've, I've been on record i don't enjoy the xbox experience i just don't yeah. at all actually and um and the little box 
Well, I don't. That's, I don't. I don't like being. That's fair, man. It just it just was so final the way you said that. Man. It is final. It's the UI I'm talking about. You know, like I, I play games in there and I enjoy some of the Xbox stuff, and I like the fact that Game Packs exist. And we've talked about that. But I hate. Um, I don't think I've ever liked the UI too much. The blades are kind of interesting back in the day. For back some reason, the, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. able to always find what I wanted quickly. But um, yeah, like like the Xbox Game Pass box that you have right in your home screen, which looks like a pile of garbage, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I click it. It should just go right to recently added. You know, I it agree. should just be a homepage yeah. that has that. So I don't know why it's hidden. Um, stop it. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's really fucking irritating. Uh, one medium box, then we can do yours. Uh, sure. And, you know, go back and forth. Valkyrie Elysium, I just want to mention, obviously, like, I love it and the demo, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to, uh, with the digital version, I think I want to mention to people listening, if you get the digital version, it's kind of hidden. I don't know why it's hidden, but you get the remake of the original game. The original Valkyrie Profile. Yeah, which they call Valkyrie Profile Lenneth for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that I got, which is super cool. And so it's like 20 bucks more. Yeah, they're going to sell it separately, but I think you get a slight discount and you get that the ability to play it early. So just telling people if you like that or if you want to go back and play the old game, that's exciting. <clears throat> and then the other thing is, like we mentioned earlier, uh, mixed media I love, which is I watch something and then play something like it. Right now I'm playing Cobra Kai. Nope. I'm watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> Episode 303, people. I don't know how to podcast. Um, and I'm you know binge watching it, the new season. And for some reason, it pairs very nicely to Saint Row. Because what? How's that? Because Cobra Kai is a lot about like revenge, you know, like wronging the rights and righting the wrongs and all that stuff and like getting back at people and fighting and fighting and fighting and then more drama, you know, and Saints Row is kind of like that. You're like just going out on these little missions, uh, you know, righting the wrongs and, and doing revenge on gangs and stuff and then getting better. You know, it's it's a light touch. Like it's not exactly one for one, same media, but it goes together for some reason. And so I'm doing that. And I also bring it up because um, I beat that game, Saints Row. I love it. Uh, I love the fact, by the way, that um, our Metacritic is up there, my Metacritic score, and that you used the quote, uh, or they did. I don't know who used it, but the quote is about the hate bag, the hate bag. Oh, is it? Wagon. I, haven't, I haven't seen that. I got to look that up. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Up there. Yeah. So that's the main quote is me going like, everybody's on the hate bandwagon and it's dumb and this game is freaking cool or something. <laughs> Um, and it is, so I, I don't know what's wrong with people because I saw some new press come out about how much everybody hates it or how much certain press people hate it, but it's fucking great. And I'm doing the skyscraper. So at the last stage of the game, after you beat everything, you're still like building up your empire. Right. And I was telling you before the show, like you have a little cash app on your phone and yeah. you can see all the money coming up from all the different things you own. And so the last thing to do which has cutscenes and everything, like an actual like you know story bit, is you can uh, build a skyscraper, which takes a fuck ton of money to build everything and then build that. So um, yeah, so as we sit here making this podcast, I am making money in Saints Row, and I'm watching my little virtual me check his phone, and I make about five hundred thousand dollars an hour right now. So I'm trying to make um, four or five million. I mean, you're making Bezos money right there. I am. I just made a thousand dollars by just us talking. Just right talking now. about just it, a thousand yeah. bucks. That's <laughs> so. Um, yeah, maybe some fantasy I'm living out too because I'm super yes. poor and I'm like, yay, money. But I love that game. It's fucking great. And I'll tell you and report back what happens when you actually make the skyscraper because I'm I'm dedicated to making it now. 
I mean, that would be, you know, let me know what happens. Uh, I plan on playing that game when I, when I get it on sale or something, uh, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, looking forward to, to getting back into Saints Row. I, I love Saints Row. It's pretty good stuff. It's so, so fun. Yeah. All right. What's your other box? And then we got to get rolling. Just a quick side tangent. Um, since we're talking about Jeff Bezos for a second, I didn't realize that Amazon was getting into real estate. And I have to say, that's probably the scariest thing I've heard in a while. I didn't so, know that. I didn't find out until literally this morning, and now I'm 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 worried. Wait, so, is that anyway. that's not your box, is it? No, that's not okay. My box, good. No. <laughs> I'm pushing that, but whatever that box is aside. No, no, no. The okay, Bezos so box is gone. No, it's gone. Okay, final final box. Uh, let's see. So, uh, super fan and regular listener, Elio Campitelli. We know Elio, right? Yep. Uh, they sent in an email. Uh, I meant to get to it last week and I forgot to add it to the show. My bad. I apologize, Elio. Um, but he did send in a good question, which I felt led to some really interesting stuff. Uh, so this will be a good little, good little final section for the housekeeping today. I'll read uh, the letter. It says, I know that Brad knows American sign language. True. And as I'm starting to learn sign language myself, Argentinian sign language, I'm wondering whether there are good games in which sign language is portrayed and hopefully portrayed well. I remember that Tacoma had the player character using sign language to interact with the augmented reality computer, which is not only awesome, but makes total sense, but I don't know of any other. So this is a good question. Thank you very much, Elio, for sending that in. Yes, I do know sign language. I am a professional sign language interpreter, nationally certified. Uh, I have been on the national stage many times, and that's what I do when I'm not doing game critic stuff or so video game stuff so i keep my plate pretty full but there it's interesting to know or i guess to not know how many games have had sign language and, and how they've used them so uh they mentioned tacoma there carlos do you know off off the top of your head any games that use sign language in hopefully in a good way but maybe even a bad way anything no i remembered using it in tacoma i think it was awesome uh, yeah. and it totally made sense within the world right mm-hmm. um I'm looking it up because I don't think there was. I think there's a lot of games that have used uh, hand motions, like wizard stuff. Sure, um, sure, sure. You know, and even like in real time, like just, you know, making signs in the air to do like things in the game. Exactly. But well, I think um, I'll look it up, but I don't think I know any offhand, which is not good. Well, you know, that's no problem because I really struggled to come <laughs> up with some stuff, too. And that's kind of my jam. Like I. I'm kind of like a sign language dude. And for me to not know was kind of embarrassing. So I'm glad that Elio brought this up. I threw this to Twitter at the hive mind because of course, uh, tapping 10 million brains is way better than tapping just one. And I got a lot of pretty good responses. Um, so the one that came up a lot was Tacoma as, as Elio, uh, as Elio mentioned, which was good, pretty limited though. Like in that one, you're only doing like a really basic, like start, like they're saying start and stop, or they, I think they spelled their name one time. So pretty basic stuff, but it was really well done and clear. And easy to use. And I want to say just quickly as a, a tangent, as someone who is an expert in sign language, um, it's funny to see how many games think that they do sign language and it's not legible. So if it's not legible, then it's, I mean, I appreciate the gesture, but if you can't know what they're saying, then it's just a gesture. Like it's not really including the language. But I got to say a lot of these people um, did it pretty well. Uh, I think the best one outside of Tacoma has got to be uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. They had, uh, like, I was really good friends with the deaf consultant that they hired to coordinate the sign language stuff. Uh, they hired two literally deaf mocap actors to do the sign language. And one of the supporting characters, I haven't, I, it's embarrassing me to say this, but I haven't played through Spider-Man Miles Morales yet because I didn't care for the first one that much, but I did buy it and I will play it at some point, but I've seen clips and like the, them talking, Miles knows some sign language and the lady that he talks to 
I, I believe is his love interest. Um, she is like full on deaf. And so it's pretty cool to see them having actual conversations, which are really legible. That's great. Um, Moss on PSVR was one that got name checked a few times. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's a yeah, great the game. Little, yeah. The little mouse. Um, I haven't played that one because I don't uh, have PSVR, but I remember the mouse is a mouse. They can't talk, but when they talk to the player, kind of like fourth wall breaking or whatever, they do some signs. Like I saw a video of them saying, my name is Moss. And there was like some basic signs that they were doing. So that was a pretty cool implementation. Thought that was neat. Somebody pointed out, uh, multiple people pointed out to me that Forza Horizon 5, which totally blew by me on a radar, it's, uh, they have a, a whole option in that game to turn on actual sign language interpreters for the cutscene. So like as you're watching any cutscene that has speaking in it, if you enable that option, You'll have like the little box in the corner where the interpreter oh, shows right. up. Yes. I totally forgot about that. And I yeah. forgot to mention that on the show because I saw that as an option. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So they have, but if they even do you one better, right? They have American sign language. They also have British sign language. And if you don't know British sign language, 1000% different from American. It's not even remotely the same. You can't even understand each other. Weird. It's crazy how different it is. So that's awesome. I love that you can get the little interpreter in the box. Uh, another game that had, some sign language. Now, this is interesting. Uh, it's called The Occupation, uh, and it was a kind of a point-and-click adventure mystery sort of a game. And in fact, uh, Corey Motley, former co-host of the show, brought it to the show way back in the day when he was still co-hosting. Um, and we talked about it for a moment, and I totally forgot about it. There's a character in that game called Allison Whitworth, and she is deaf. And you, the player, don't know sign language, but you're using an interpreter, and that interpreter is kind of a sketchy character. And so part of that scene is the interpreter kind of being dodgy with you about what that deaf person is actually saying. Pretty cool. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is I think that the sign language in that particular one is not great because originally when I looked at it, I thought it was BSL, uh, British Sign Language, because it's set in England, I believe. But the more I watched it, I watched it a couple times, and I'm like, you know, maybe it is ASL, but they're just being really sloppy. Mm. So not the greatest representation, but I appreciate the inclusion. And I do think using the interpreter as kind of like a trust them or don't sort of a thing was pretty fucking cool. So I thought that was really great. Um, and in terms of TV shows, I didn't really ask for TV shows, but people, people uh, volunteered a couple um, dragon Prince on Netflix, which was pretty popular when it came out. Did you ever watch dragon Prince? I don't think I did. No. One of the main characters was full on dev. She was uh, a general and also a lady, a uh, really powerful warrior, really important person in the story. She was purely deaf and she used like ASL that you could actually understand, which was great. And also a uh, good friend, Patty Stardust over in the UK said that there's an anime called ranking of Kings. Um, I watched it and there were deaf characters on there, but I don't know if they were doing um, JSL, which is Japanese sign language again, totally different from ASL. So I don't know if they were faking it or if it is actual JSL because I don't know JSL. So it's possible that it's really JSL. I don't know, but also uh, just, just cool that they had it in general. So I'm sure there's more examples um, but those are the ones that people came up with on the Twitter hive mind. I thought that was really interesting. Did you Google anything really quickly? I did. That I found mention? one. I found one to, to close this out. Uh, it's uh, I don't know how new it is, but it says it's called Deaf First World One uh, Duel of the Bots. It's a free online choose your own adventure game. Really? I've never yeah. heard of this. Launched by National Deaf Center. Um, and so, yeah, check that out. It's, it's called Deaf First World One. And so they said it's free and choose your own adventure is fun. So Interesting. that's pretty cool. Okay, cool. I'm going to write that one down and I'm going to check that out. I've never heard of that. So thank you for Googling that. And there you go, Elio. I, I, I hope you're, you feel like we answered your question. Uh, I really got me to think, and there's a lot of these that I didn't, uh, 
didn't know or was not been on my radar. So I'm glad you brought this up. Good question. Good right. question. Good question. All right. Now we are going to be moving on to the main content of the show. We've got a number of things to cover here. Um, starting off with a demo slash prologue for a game called Nadir, N-A-D-A-R. No, 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 that's wrong. My bad, my bad. N-A-D-I-R, a grimdark deck builder. Um, so this is a game that was suggested to us by the developer. Uh, I know the developer. We talk every once in a while on Twitter. And in fact, they made another game, which I kickstarted and I played. And gosh darn it, golly heck gee, I forgot to write that down. I need I'll to go. look it up. I'm going <laughs> to... Um, my job today yeah i'm sorry we're doing like the whole thing they're called uh, black eye games is that what it's called black eye games and the deer and then i'm looking siege survival no that wasn't it there was another one maybe I'm it was kind of like publisher. a yeah oh, that's the publisher was, sorry developer yeah, is publisher. um no the black eye, uh team nadir or black eye games oh okay but they have another game but he was a part of another game that was right before this and it was kind of like a bloodborne kind of like a turn-based strategy um it was pretty difficult and i remember it because there was like a long delay i think because of covid or something and it finally came out and i was like all excited to play it and it came out at the wrong time and i didn't have time to play it so i actually haven't played it yet um oh my goodness all right i don't have it because i I, it doesn't show up under black eye games oh my god okay so okay anyway we'll get to that in a second i swear to god i'll google it as we're talking okay Uh, but anyway nadir a grim dark uh deck builder uh I've, i've looked at this for a while I, I'm really excited to see what's going on here because I love the art style primarily. This is turn-based, roguelike, you know, kind of in the spirit of something like Slay the Spire, but not not even remotely the same mechanics. Like, it's super different. I mean, there's there's decks, there's cards. It's turn-based, so in that sense, sure. But other than that, it's totally different. I mean, the premise mm-hmm. is that you're in hell. Um, you are a spirit. I believe in the demo, you are actually Joan of Arc. Is that correct? Did you remember that? I don't remember who I was. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you're a skeleton because you're yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was but a I'm dead pretty, person. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are the skeleton of Joan of Arc. And then you have a little demon friend with you, uh, an undead soul. And I believe it's um, Sigmund Freud is your friend that's with you. I wouldn't have known any of those. It's... I'm pretty sure that your buddy is Sigmund Freud. Okay. And then you go through these battles. Um, it's a strange combination because it is turn-based and it is deck builder, but these these cards actually take a lot from Gloomhaven. Have you ever played Gloomhaven, Carlos? The, I feel uh, like I did. Yeah, um, um, I can't remember. One of the so little slight tangent, but one of the coolest things about Gloomhaven, which I've only played a little bit of, is every character ability comes on a card, and each card has a top and a bottom, and you had to choose either the top or the bottom when you were playing your cards, and I think that system is reflected here. Uh, the cards here have a red side. A red is like blue is on top and red is on the bottom, I think, or maybe vice versa. But anyway, when you play a card, you have to choose either the top or the bottom. And whatever card you whatever side you choose will influence what the enemy does. And so one of the taglines of this game is that you are you are in total control the entire time. Like whatever attack the enemy does is in direct response to something that you have chosen. So it's not it's not that the enemy is doing randomized things. I mean, it's kind of random in what char- the cards they choose, but you, given the situation, can make informed, intelligent choices based on what you have, and you know that whatever thing you choose is going to influence them to do X, Y, Z, or whatever. Like mm. if I do an attack, I know based on this card they're going to defend, or if I defend, I know for a, a point they're going to buff themselves, like a plus five or something. So as you look at the system, you can very clearly see what's going on before you make your choice, which I think is really cool. I dig that in games. Um, 
but really like the, the thing that I think most people will, will notice right off the bat is the art style. I yeah. love the art style is fucking so killer. Like it's really heavy on the blacks. It's got these like rough lines. It's vaguely reminiscent of something like darkest dungeon, which I'm also a huge fan of, but it's also got its own style. And it's just really like this, like brutalist kind of like, hell like 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 heavy metal cover kind of dark shit going on dude it's funny you should say hell because it reminded me of hell boy yeah you know, yeah for style. sure man. yeah uh um so yes that i love the art style the art style is fucking killer and I, I i just really dig this game a lot we saw the prologue which is for free on steam so we both downloaded it uh, i played a good amount of the prologue i know i've been talking for i'm sorry to dominate the conversation i know you played it as well carlos so what are your thoughts or what are you like what's your what's your feeling on nadir so far no, I'm glad you talked because I don't have much to say about this, unfortunately. <laughs> the, the only problem I had with it is I enjoyed the look of it. I like the art. It's just super cool to, to watch and some of the animation stuff that goes by. And I thought, by the way, the only thing I, I have two cons. One, yeah, yeah. The, the open world or like the open world, but the world map, you know, it's like the seven layers of hell or something. Um, that's what it's called, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Dante's, Dante's like Inferno, Inferno like yeah. the the different layers of hell, sure. But that's like all very like computer graphic-y looking. And like the whole art style is opposite of that. So I didn't like that juxtaposition. When you go into yes. it, it's like a 3D thing, model, like a computer model. And I exactly, like, yes. I was yes, like, yes. no, I don't want this. I want like that cool art style that I just saw on the card. So I would have liked that to be the same. Uh, and then secondly, you know, as you play it, um, I didn't find enough depth because it's interesting where you can play a card two different ways, which I like. So you have a card that's an attack card, but it could also be a defend card based on what color you use. So yes. it's red and blue. And so if you use the blue, you know, you can look at the enemy card that you're going to attack and you can see what outcomes will be. Essentially it's an attack and defense at the same time. So it's, or it's like two attacks at once. So if you attack with the red portion that says you're going to hit for eight damage, you'll see that the monster or whatever will attack you for this much damage. So it's like planning, like a lot of strategy. Exactly, um, exactly. But I didn't find, like, I couldn't find my advantage ever. Like, I just felt like I was going to have to eat shit a lot. You know, like I was always going to get hurt. <laughs> and so I didn't really, and then you have to, like, save up points, almost like uh, another card game I can think of, which where you can't only play certain cards, like Magic, I guess. You can only yeah. play certain cards if you have enough, you know, something points or whatever yes 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 and so i all these cards i wanted to use i feel like i could never use them and then the other con that is the shittiest one is i got stuck i i dm'd you this i was like yeah I yeah can't what happened? play anymore like um uh, and there's a thing like you can recycle cards you know i did that as well but i didn't have any action points to use i'm using the wrong mm. terminology but i just couldn't do a move and i was like is this a bug? Am I really bad at card games now? Interesting. I am okay. getting older. Um, I don't know, man. I got stuck. Like I couldn't play a card. So it's interesting you say that because um, I was talking. Okay, so now I, I've done my Google research. I, I apologize for not doing it beforehand. But anybody listening to the show knows we never do our research. Mm -mm. So I guess you're not surprised. Um, it's Mike Burnett who is responsible for this game. He okay. was the one that I was thinking of. Um Love his work. And he also put out Alder's Blood. That was the game that I was thinking of. Okay. It's kind of a 2D, turn-based, Bloodborne-ish sort of game, which is, I believe, now on all platforms. And I have it on PlayStation, which I want. I actually want to play this. Uh, I just keep forgetting about it. But Alder's Blood 
is the one you should check out. Um, this is his next thing since Allers Blood. And it's funny because as I was playing it, like I feel this game is really, really rich with potential. It's it's not done yet. This is the prologue. Uh, I know that Mike is still really working hard on it. And in fact, um, I sent him some feedback after I played this. There was a number of things that I felt like needed tweaking and tuning. So it's, it's far from a finished product. And I, I agree with you. I think... At right now, I think the tutorial is not great. Um, there were many aspects of the game that I was a little bit hazy on, and I had to DM him and be like, what is going on with this thing? And where do I get the points for this? What's happening? I think the UI needs some work. Um, but I think that once I got through that, like once I had him explain a couple things to me, uh, and which, you know, should have been in the tutorial. I'm not making excuses for anybody. Um, but like once I once I got what was going on, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is fucking cool. This is... This is ultimately on the right track. The bones are here, and these are these are good, correct bones. Um, it makes sense to me, but I think it's just like the finishing aspects that need more work. Like it needs better tutorial. I think the UI needs to change. Some of those things need to be surfaced a little bit more clearly. I definitely agree with you about the world map where you're looking down straight into the pit of hell. It's interesting. And it's a cool idea because you look down, and at the very bottom, you can see the lowest level of hell where you're going to fight the boss. I mean, that's awesome. Um, but I think you're correct in saying that the the 3D uh, polygon look of the map uh, sucks compared to the awesome yeah. 2D hand drawn. That needs to be a 2D map. I don't know what I don't know what he's got to do to make that happen, but that 3D's got to go. It looks like ass. Yeah. Um. So I'm with you on that, but I think that those issues aside, like the murky tutorials, the questions of resources, and so forth and so on, I suspect what happened to you is something that almost happened to me, where you have to you the number of colors of cards on the screen are basically the ability points that you have. And that to me was not clear at all. I didn't understand that until I directly asked him. And then he told me, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. But I did not figure that out myself. And I'm guessing what happened to you is you probably ended up with a handful of high cost cards. And if your enemy's colors were the wrong colors, you could not be able to play a card. That's probably what happened. So I should have just reshuffled more then, maybe. Reshuffled or just go back to the start and just do a new run possibly. But that's like a whole, you know, that's kind of a bad feeling for game players. And I don't yeah. know that you want to have that happen to your players. I'm sure it's something he's working on. Um, but regardless of all that stuff, I feel like, number one, this game's art is so fucking amazing. Like, this game has to happen because it looks great. I do think the the concept of what he's doing, 100% on board with it. I think it just needs a little bit of fine-tuning and a little bit of UI and better tutorials, and I think we're in business. So I'm very excited about this mm -hmm. one. I'm really, I really want to see this come to fruition. And check it out if anything we've said sounds interesting, if you like deck builders. If you like the art style of kind of like a Darkest Dungeon sort of thing, grim and gritty, really like skulls and hell and devils. And it's just it's fucking just metal as hell, man. I, I really dig it a lot. So. And I think it's very pun intended and also perfectly said that it has the bones of a good thing. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not poo pooing. It. Uh, I just uh, one, I got stuck and I don't like anything where I get stuck. Sure, sure. And if they listen to this, um, you know, here's the point that maybe check that out, uh, you know, work on either a tutorial if you are stuck like that or make it not stuck like that somehow. Um, yeah. Like always have a low cost card that comes in or something like that. You know, there's ways to do that in the development cycle. Exactly. So, um, exactly. Cause I did, I was going to keep playing for a while. I just got stuck. So minus that. Yeah. I love the art style is so beautiful and I like a quick and easy card game that looks great to look at. So I'm interested to see it. I'll follow up. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Go wish list. I have wish listed it. And you, like I said, we can play, anybody can play the prologue slash demo right now. It's free on steam. So that is Nadir, N-A-D-I-R, a grimdark deck builder. Go check it out, and uh, I think that you will find it to be pretty interesting. 
Uh, okay, let's talk about some turn-based, more turn-based stuff, but in a different sense. Let's talk about turn-based tactics for a moment here, Carlos. Um, I played a couple of them this week. Uh, one is great. One is maybe less great. We're going to start with the less great one. It's called Gunslingers and Zombies. It's on the Switch. It's also on PC. Really ironic timing on this one because about a week ago, I was like, oh my god, I'm totally in the mood for a horror western i wanted to watch a western where cowboys were shooting zombies or shooting vampires or werewolves out on the prairie or something and i wanted to watch one of those movies so bad i was just in the zone for like western slash horror mashup and then boom out of nowhere completely unprompted here is this game gunslingers and zombies literally the exact thing i was asking for so i guess you put that energy in the universe and the universe provides it does unfortunately it didn't provide anything good, so oh. that's kind of a bummer. But, uh, um, this is a real basic, kind of a top-down, turn-based tactics game. Kind of reminiscent of like an XCOM or something like that. Really, really basic. Um, graphics are basic. The attacks are basic. Um, so I, I struggle to say anything other than basic. Like It is exactly what you would think. You start off with a team of cowboys. Um your the grid system for the game the levels which i i really don't like because it seemed like just like a giant grid with a couple of buildings plopped onto it i didn't really find any elevation or any like really interesting features to kind of use uh, in terms of like the, the the terrain the attacks uh just real straightforward kind of stuff like you've got a gun you've got a knife or maybe you had a rifle or something kind of switch between them uh and it just was really kind of very slow and very not exciting every once in a while you get like a zoom in kill when you got somebody but the, the graphics are like real basic it's very uh chunky very solid colors it's not graphic in any way even like when you're blowing a zombie away like it's just like a little spark comes out of your gun and the zombie kind of falls over like there's no exploding heads there's no gore it's not an adult game in any sense um just not person not much personality to it like the cowboys and there were some women as well which was good props for that uh they just were just kind of random um, just none of it felt very exciting. I didn't get an attachment to anybody. I, I kind of struggled to keep my attention because the levels are really long. And I got to say that like the very, the second level, once you get past the tutorial was like this really long and drawn out level. And I'm like, Oh my God, like you don't want to start off your very first real level being kind of like this war of attrition. Like I was like, this is, this is bad. If this is what I've got to look forward to for the rest of the game, then I don't think I'm going to play this game. Oh, especially in a uh, tactics game. Yeah. I you want like. something poppier and quicker especially like i'm playing on the switch like you don't want to do like a 45 minute level on the switch dude you want to do something a lot quicker than that and even with all that stuff i was still going to power through and then what happened was there's a zombie type uh i think they call it the hunter where it either spits or it shoots something at you it came into the map and it was behind a building i was on the other side of the building and it shot through the building and shot me oh come so, on so that, to me, was the kiss of death. I'm like, I am absolutely not playing a tactics game where being behind the building cover doesn't matter. That is cardinal sin. That is an unforgivable no-no. So at that point, I noped out. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. Because if I can't count on this cover protecting me, then I'm just not going to play this game. So, Unfortunately, Gunslingers and Zombies just did not make the cut. Which is a bummer because I really wanted to play something like this. I would love for any developer out there if you're doing horror western please send something to me yeah. i guarantee i will look at it. i guarantee i will talk about it um but this this was not it so bummer on gunslingers and zombies that is that is a that is a no-go no hey remember when you were talking about that second level being too long or whatever and arduous <clears throat> yeah really, I, I reminded really. of uh i think it's called dust wind that we played is that right 
where the God tutorial man. was like eight hours long and we're like, what? And I just, I skipped it and you somehow like went through all of it. Remember, it was like a woman who oh, was trying to get back yeah. her kid or something. Yes, 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 yes. The tutorial yes, yes, was like super long, and I was like, "That's not what you want for like a tactics game. You want to like Dude. get in and out." Yeah, you gotta like. Yeah, this is not this is not Grandmaster Chess or anything. I don't need to spend three hours thinking about my move. I want small, bite size. Like keep it moving because the genre is inherently kind of slow. Yeah. And if you want to speed it up a little bit, like you got to be kind of mindful of that. So yeah, that's a problem. But I will say the other tactics game I played this week ended up being a winner and all, not only was it a winner it is a surprise winner mm. it is called uh absolute tactics daughters of mercy i didn't know anything about this and i will say absolute tactics is kind of a is kind of a boner of a title it sounds kind of generic <laughs> kind of sounds like you're full of yourself a little bit i i maybe would change that title not a great title but the game is great um so this is another turn-based XCOM style game but wherever Gunslingers and Zombies went wrong, uh, Absolute Tactics get it right. It's kind of a lighthearted and fun game, which is interesting because when I went to go look up people's responses to it, like on Steam and on uh, various review sites, a lot of people said they did not care for the story. They thought the story was bad. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because I think the story is actually really good. Not in the sense that it's telling me a tale that like, you know, changes how I think about the human condition, but that it's fun. It's light. Like there's a lot of funny lines. They don't take themselves too seriously. Uh, clearly they're trying to just keep the energy high, get a little giggle out of you here and there, which I think is, is a great way to go. I think it really works. Um, the characters are all uh, pretty interesting looking. The art style, I will say, is shockingly good. I was really taken aback by how attractive this game looks. Um, I saw screenshots. I'm like, okay, that looks all right. But then when I started playing it on the Switch, I'm like, wow, they got a lot out of the Switch. I mean, it's all 2D hand-drawn art, and the animation is pretty basic. But like the way that it comes together, I feel like they're doing a lot with a little... Really colorful. I feel like the um, character designs are all easy to read, which is very important in a tactics game. you got to know who's who, where they are, what are they. Are they a knight? Are they an archer? Are they a shield person? Like, whatever. Um, they're all instantly identifiable. And so far, a lot of the uh, weapon classes are really interesting. For example, uh, your main character, who I feel like is a direct nod to Squall, or not Squall, but uh, um, Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. It seems like kind of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Which is fine because it fits in with the tone of the game. It's obviously not a serious game. Uh, he's kind of like, uh, he's got like clouds kind of hair. He's got like a buster sword sort of thing. But he very quickly teams up with a dog and he becomes man plus dog. And that is his class. Mm. Uh, interesting stuff. There's a lady who has a, um, a flail, like a three-pronged flail. And she can do like these giant sweeping like AOE attacks. Uh, there's a guy who can put down shields, uh, like like barriers. But he's also got... I don't even know what you call it. Like, you know, when you see cops like SWAT team and they have that like battering ram thing that they use to break down your door when they're they're oh, busting yeah. through mm -hmm. your door. Like that's his weapon. He's got like that door busting battering ram thing. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, you don't see that too often. And so he's like railing people with that thing. That looks pretty cool. Um, So like the classes are already like slightly different, which is pretty interesting. They have a little like light banter. And the thing that I think is great about this is, like, the person clearly knows how to keep this game moving. I, I saw some people say they felt like the game moved slow. I totally disagree. I feel like this is a very fast-moving game. Um, so I'm not sure where they're getting that from. But uh, it's one of those strategy games where they're telling you a story. Each level is a very specific kind of handcrafted level. And they're all different. So, for example, in the in one, in one you're saving villagers from a town. So you're, like, in the villagers. You know, it's... Saving villagers from a town. I apologize. You're, you're saving, saving villagers. the town from the villagers? You're saving... No, you're not doing that either. You're saving <laughs> villagers in town. It's a episode. I know. Oh, man. 303 is a killer. 
what were you doing is saving villagers from an encroaching army and they're in their village in their town. Okay, whatever. Anyway, you're saving, you're a good guy. You're saving people. So you're in the villagers front yard. That's interesting. Uh, you go to like a sewer level and there's like a really narrow sewer level and you know, where guards are kind of posted. So that's another little change of pace. There's one where you're in a castle and there's stairs that go up and you got to flip these switches. That's a little change of pace. There's a level where you're in the back of a fucking wagon and the wagon's moving and oh, people are chasing cool. you while you're in a wagon. I'm like, oh, this is a cool change of pace. Like, it's all very interesting. It's it's not about this game is not about min maxing 16 different job classes and cross pollinating your stats in the vein of something like Final Fantasy Tactics. I know some people like Final Fantasy Tactics or like Tactics Ogre. To me, those are my absolute least favorite strategy games. So I hate those. I don't think they're very fun. I'm not that kind of player. I don't like sinking myself in that deep. Um, what I like are, are lighter, faster, more diverse classes. I like dedicated classes. And I like things to just be popular. And that's what this this does. Um, I've got a sword person with a dog. I've got the, the batter arm guy. I've got the, the, the cat of nine tails lady. I've got the... There's like a crossbow lady. And each level is kind of like narratively designed to kind of explain what their adventure is. We're breaking into the castle. So the next level is we're on the parapet of the castle. We got through the castle. Now we're in a dungeon. So you play like in the dungeon, like it's kind of progressing. Each level tells you part of the story. And I feel like the, the combat just goes really quickly, like really fast. And it's all very straightforward, but in a good way. Like, I don't feel like I'm bogged down in minutia between levels. You go back to your base. There's only like, maybe like five pieces of armor to futz with. And you can really quickly tell whether they're worse or better. So you're not spending a lot of time on that. You get plenty of money to change stuff up. Um, I just feel like it's all very well done. And one thing that I was really, really impressed by, um, this is kind of like inside baseball for people who play the turn-based strategy genre. But one big complaint of the genre is that when you have a lot of units on a map, like you're doing like a big war map, what happens is the player takes their turn and then there's like 35 enemy units that take their turn and it just takes forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a drag. Um, They really smartly fix that. So they kind of break it up into zones and there's no... There's no delineation. Like, they, I can just notice this in a design perspective. So, like, when we're fighting at the right side of the castle, like on the east, there are um, a couple of enemies. We'll engage with those guys and fight them, but everybody else on the map just stays where they are because there's no way they're going to affect you. You can't affect them, and them taking a turn would serve no purpose, right? Like, there's nothing they can do, so they're just over there, and they stay there. But when you finish the enemies that you're fighting and you make your way to that next zone, they all of a sudden come to life, and then they start taking their turns, which is fine because you've probably killed the guys that you just were engaging with. They're gone. Now you're fighting the people who are an immediate threat. Those are the turns you're concerned with, and the people who are further down the line still don't take their turn until you get there, which means it just say, it makes the whole thing run fucking faster. Yeah. Like You're not going through everybody's fucking turn where I'm sure you've encountered this where some enemy on the fucking ass end of the map has nothing to do with you, they got to take their turn and they like walk in a circle or they stand in place yeah, or they do yeah, whatever. Yeah. It just wastes your fucking time. Dude, that used to happen so much in the old school days, like yeah. um, like computer games. Um, you'd play like a tactics game and, you know, a um, strategy game. And you would literally be waiting for like 30 minutes for like all the totally, units dude, to totally. move. And then there'd be units like, this is old school talk real quick, kids. Um, there'd be units like off screen yes, in those games. Yes. I don't think they do this anymore. And you would just see like a little counter going by. You wouldn't even know what's happening. But it's like guard A is moving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's stupid. So I think this is a, a better way to handle it. And I will say this: the art looks awesome, and it's it's the wrong name for the game because yeah, it totally is. It's 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 like you just said. It's about changing the environments and the quickness of the tactics part. It should be just called Daughters of Mercy. Agree. Um, Agree. I think they should t- get rid of that. Absolute tactics. 
Yeah, Absolute Tactics to me gives me more of a flavor of, oh, I'm expecting a Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm, expe- I'm absolute. That means everything, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably 92 jobs and I can probably uh, 15 skill trees. And I, like, like that's not what this game is. And I, I suspect that a lot of the bad reviews for this game probably came from people who were expecting like Final Fantasy Tactics. And it's not that, which is fine. I mean, this to me, it suggests something more like Vandal Hearts. I don't know if anybody remembers Vandal Hearts from back in the day. That was one of my favorite turn-based strategies from, I want to say, playstation one i believe it stayed with me all these years i think it's just a superb um really outstanding game but it's got that same energy it's really about taking you through these specifically crafted levels each level has a purpose it's not just like a wide open fucking battlefield like they want you to do something each one and each one of these tells part of the story the characters are there they're kind of cracking jokes they're having light-hearted dialogue you don't spend a lot of time in menus you kind of just keep it moving forward i'm having a blast with this one Dude. it's a really really cool game i really like it a lot and i think it's got a poor title i will say the font is a little bit small for handheld mode, but I think it's fine in uh, dock mode. So, uh, you know, maybe up your game with the uh, the uh, the font size. Uh, but that's really my only complaint so far. I think this is really a lovely surprise. I'm having just a wonderful time with it. It looks really cool. A surprise for me. I'm glad you brought it to the show. I'll also say that most of your reviews have an asterisk next to them because you're playing everything on the Switch. Um, yeah, man. So uh, this would be, I think, just beautiful on your PC. Uh, I'm Steam. sure it must be on PC. I'm sure. No, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at oh, you're looking at it. Okay, yeah. it is. Confirmed. Uh, it's 20 bucks, and there's a deluxe edition with a bunch of extra, I guess, there's DLC type stuff uh, or other things you can get with it. But, yeah, I think this is like a 100% PC buy for sure. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's not bad on the Switch. I'm still having fun on the Switch. It's not to the point of where I'm con- I'm not even considering stopping playing it. Um, it is just a little bit small, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that, you know, so many, so many switch games make that same problem, but yep. anyway, absolute tactics, daughters of mercy. I think it's actually a really nice, surprising thumbs up. And I definitely recommend it to anybody who wants a fast paced kind of turn-based tactics XCOM like game. So check it out. Check it out. All right, Carlos, over to you for the gallery. I don't know anything about this other than it's a FMV game, which we both love. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh man, I, trying to decide if I want to call somebody out or not. No, I don't think I do. There's one real inside baseball folks. There's one PR company, which I fucking hate so much. Yeah. Let's not call them out. We're not going to call them out. You know who you are, you bastards. Uh, I hate them because, Oh man, I don't want, I don't want to give away too much because I don't want to get in trouble. Let's just stop it. I'm just going to say, and I got to say, I got to get my chest. It's very difficult to deal with them because they are not responsive to requests and if you have anything happen that needs a little bit of a, a somebody to take care of it, there's no one to take care of it. And it's just really frustrating. I hate dealing with this company. It, it just it, it pisses me off because this is a situation where we got this code in for the gallery. You and I are both FMV fans. You and I both playing this game would make for a better discussion. It would probably be better, better PR for this game, right? Except I didn't have a way to get in touch with PR because of how their company is set up. So I got one code. I'm like, fuck it, I'm busy. I'm sure Carlos can probably use this more than I can. I gave it to you. I didn't play it. I'm not going to put 20 bucks out or whatever for it because I don't know if it's any good. And I wish that I could have talked to somebody. Hey, PR people, we're going to definitely feature your game on our podcast. Could I get one more code? Most times when I ask somebody, they're like, yeah, sure, here you go. Here's this company where I have nobody to ask, and it just fucking pisses me off. So, Well, guess what? I played it. Uh, and it is fifteen dollars, not twenty. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, and it's from Avery Studios, Avery Avery Studios, and uh, this is their first game. But the director of this game, okay, uh, worked on uh, one of the games that we love, the Complex. I love the Complex. Yes. Um, so we're definitely fans of, of full motion video. I have a love yes. hate relationship with them though because I don't know about you, but 
we talked about, I think we've reviewed every one of them almost on the show. Just about, yeah. Um, and I either love it or hate the game usually. Like I, I there's a very, in, it's very few times it's in between where I go like, uh, it was okay. You know, I think in general, I'm like, uh, it's too corny. You know, I've said that before on this podcast for sure. Like, oh yeah, it's overly corny. It's, it's always tough because you have to have not just like the technology to make a full motion game, but you need to like have good actors, right? And good directors. Exactly. So and your script's got to be on point too. And your like, is it funny? Be good. Is it scary? Like, you got to get it right. Yeah. What was that last one where? Remember, my ending was wildly different than yours, and it was like, um, what was that? Where I said like a bunch of people died, and I can't remember. But was it, it not the complex? I think that was one where we had pretty different. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a different it wasn't one. The complex? Yeah. Anyways, anyway. um, so a big fan of this this, this genre. Um, also, what happens this is inside my head, baseball. Uh, is that when I start like Carlos baseball? <laughs> yeah, when I start a full motion game, almost every time I'm ready to stop it, like immediately. Like what? I don't know what's wrong with me, but like I'm go because I know it's like it could not be great acting. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like I'm always they're always working against, unfortunately, an acting time like like a stopwatch. They've got they've got a few precious <clears throat> moments to hook you. They have a few moments to hook me where they're acting because if they don't. I definitely nope out pretty quick. Even if it's an interesting story, I'm like, if I don't, these characters look bad, you know, or if this doesn't feel real. Um, anyways, so that's not the case with this. It's excellent act- acting. Like, oh, good. Excellent. Stellar. Okay, good. Stellar. Good. And uh, I forgot, I'll look up the names, uh, some of the guys and the, the gals in this, but all of it's fucking amazing. And uh, a lot of representation, uh, non binary, trans, like, there's a ton of. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, excellent. Mixed, that's good. Mixed in, which is good. I won't cool. go into it because anytime I talk about the characters, you'll it'll be spoilers. Okay, let's um, not spoil. But you know, there's a great representation in this. Um, so you can play either a woman from the '80s, the female protagonist, or you can play a guy from 2021. Whoa, yeah. different time periods. So I only played one and be, played it all the way through into the ending. So oh, wow. I will probably go back and play the other one. Um, Which one did you choose? Just I played the uh, guy from 2021 because okay. I wanted to see. Uh, the modern take, because both of them uh, talk about socio-political unrest in Britain as well. Oh, is this a British game? Yes. So, this, well, okay. it's, it takes place in Britain, and yeah, in Britain. Okay. Um, so, 2021 is about Brexit and kind of a fictitious, uh, you know, Ooh. another version of what could happen in unrest in Britain. And so, then there's that going on, but it's also it's called the gallery. So, the version I played, you play a guy who's a gallery curator. Uh, he owns this gallery, and he's basically like an art gallery. Yeah, sort of art thing? gallery and brings art artists and talks about indie art as well. They're really talking about a lot of things in these games. Okay, this one specifically, and uh, brings up a lot of topics. Again, I can't say anything without spoiling because this this version I play, the twenty twenty one, has a main protagonist and a main antagonist, and I won't go into it. But it really makes you play as this character, this guy who has to make a lot of choices about. Um, how he feels about the world, how he feels mm-hmm. about social media, how he feels about art. And so I liked making all the decisions because I have definitive thoughts on them. Um, yeah, I would say that I enjoyed it. I thought the acting was great. I immediately was like like mad that I couldn't do what I wanted. I think that's the other like, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, I can't podcast anymore. 303s get me. I don't know what, what. Not slippery slope, but the um, the only downfall, that's not the word either. Would you get railroaded in a, a specific path or something? Well, that's it. Like So video games, you especially role-playing games, which I love, You know, I like having choices. 
And when you role play a character in a, a, a FMV game, you have like obviously limited choices. Right. And so even if we've talked about this before on the show, if you so go down this route of like, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. And it still makes you do it. Right. Right. So a couple moments like that happened where I was like, I just want to, without spoiling anything, just go down this road, you know, and do right, this right. thing with this character. And I couldn't, but to the game's credit, it, it led me to an area where I had to make a different decision that I wouldn't have made if I just like noped out essentially, you know, of this world. Okay. Uh, okay. And then I had to like make a decision that I liked making. I was like, oh, well, even though I was angry a lot of this game, I did get to a place, they pushed me into a place where I had to make a decision about something. And I was like, oh, that made me think about the world differently. So this game's good. Like I just, the end of the- Oh, good. Okay, good. It's Excellent. really good. I think that- um, it, it, ha- it le- like in the 2021 version, they really uh, do a lot of mask stuff, meaning like people are wearing masks, but then they, they ask if they can take them off. If, are you talking about like pandemic stuff? Yeah. And it feels a little okay. heavy handed. That's the only like con I'll say where it happens a lot. Like everyone's wearing masks or they put it on to take a picture or they take it off. They ask someone if they can take it off. I don't know. It just seemed like a lot. And, okay. and they're all most of these were like indoors, so it makes sense. And someone says, Well, we're outdoors now, we can take it off. I was like, It's too PSA y in a way. Gotcha. Like, we all know the fucking thing, we're living through it. So, sure, that's the only thing. I just like, don't maybe go into that so much. Um, because it, it for me, a storytelling, it took me out of it, you know, because like I know that shit happens and I know that's part of real life and to normalize it might be a good thing. So, I'm not negatively saying it's bad. But there's also a movie to be had, right? And a story to be told. So right, right, right. Um, it seemed like it just jumped in the, into the show, like, and it shouldn't have been there sometimes. But minus that, I like it. I liked my outcome. <laughs> my outcome I can't talk about, but was super dark, um, similar to the other game I just mentioned. So I probably had a very, very rare ending, I think. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it with you in a spoiler version. So you should pick it up, like 15 bucks. We don't have the code. But I, I would pick it up. I think that if we like FMVs, it gives you two games, right? Because I can go back now and play the 80s version. I would be curious to hear mm. how different it was in this other track. I was waiting for you to say that you were going to jump back and forth, but you didn't jump back and forth between timelines? No, it doesn't. It's just like one game and wow. then another game. That is in- that's kind of like a twofer then. It's, it's a two games. Two. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And they're both, like again, they're, they're speaking to a lot of issues that are going on. They're talking about social media. They're talking about artists. They're talking about artists getting paid. Um the only part that I just didn't like was besides the mass thing and a little bit of um, not being able to go down the path I want is that, yeah, like my character, the guy definitely had thoughts of his own, right? It's right. not a, it's not a game that I'm thinking of. And so sometimes I, you know, I just wouldn't agree with some of the stuff. So, right, right. but it's not really like that. It's, it's a, it's a game that's also about to like bring up discussion points and it brings up a lot of them. So I'm excited to talk to you about it once you've played it. And then I'll have finished the um, the other version of it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I unfortunately don't have any PR to ask about this game because I'm sure that any de- developer out there would love to have us talk about their game for two episodes in a row and maybe even a spoiler cast. Who knows? But I can't ask anybody because this PR fucking sucks. So um, I guess if I can't find it, I may just maybe I'll just. Maybe I'll hit up the devs directly or something. That works sometimes. Or you could pay the 15 I mean, it's only Fuck. 15 15 bucks. It's only I, 15 uh, I got to pay to give somebody PR on my show? That's fucked up. Well, that no. I up. know. There's a, by, by the way, behind the curtain, 
Um, we we get codes and we pay for games. I I probably pay for more games than you, and I weirdly enough have less money than you, um, <laughs> because I know I don't care about my life. I guess, and I just buy games. <laughs> But no, I do like, and so you know, we do both. But I'm just saying, like, um, obviously, I like we trying to both. support developers we and stuff like both. that. These guys spent, I think, probably a good chunk of money on uh, acting, you know, and, and the director and all that sure, stuff like that. So, sure. anyways, I think 15 is a good price. Uh, 10 probably be a little better, but 15 is great. Um, yeah. Either way, I'll come back and talk about it later. That's fine. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll jump in. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I have a personal axe to grind with this particular PR company, who I'm not going to name. So that already gets me kind of like my, my hackles are up a little bit. But, but they're not Avery Studios. They're not. They're not. So I'll reach out. If they hook me up with a free code, cool. If not, I'll just buy it. I mean, I can spare 15 bucks. That's okay. So I'll, we'll see what happens. I'll mark it down for um for next week, and uh, I should probably have enough. Oh, shit. My, my plate is pretty full for next week, but we'll Whenever. see. Whenever. It doesn't have to be next week. Just at some point. Um, try to get to it. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, I think it brings up a lot of points. It's a little preachy at times. You know, I think that's what. It happens in these kind of games because you want to say a bunch of stuff in a short time, you know? Sure, sure. So I'm not going to hold them to, you know, account for that. But I really did have a good time with it. And it it's one of the better FMVs. So we're always looking for those. Excellent. All right. This sounds like a winner. This sounds like if you liked it, I'm sure that I will like it. I will have to definitely check it out. So we're going to check this out. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week uh, or the week after. We'll get to it again. This sounds like a good one. So the gallery and you were playing it on what system? Oh, PlayStation, I think. And I believe it's on everything. Or Xbox, sure. one of those, yeah. It's one of those, one of those boxes. All right, let me talk for a minute about Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh, this game has been around for, I want to say, maybe like a year or two. It's been on PC for quite a while, and it just to scores of accolades. Everybody I've talked to who played it on PC really loved it. I've been very curious about this game. And it finally came to console just like last week, I think, something like that. It's on playstation it's on xbox i don't think it's on switch i'm not sure the switch can handle it uh but basically this is a sci-fi physics game where you play a uh, i guess i guess you are a shipbreaker i guess that's what you're called you're a person in the far future and you're working for this giant shitty corporation and your job is to take decommissioned spaceships and cut them up into salvage so you you work at this like space station you got like this giant dock in the middle of space you're like floating through space you're in a space suit, you're in the void, and you've got this gun that has like different modes. There's like a uh, cutter that's like a blade, cutter that's like a point, uh, like a laser. You've got like a, a grav gun where you can like pull and push things. Um, there's more tools. I haven't unlocked all the tools yet, but there's a number of different tools. And basically, when you start this game, they give you two things. Then number one, they say people die in this, in this job all the time, so you can register your DNA with us, and every time you die, we'll clone you. Uh, but that costs money. And number two, they start you off with like a billion dollars in debt. Oh, um, man, this sounds like a shitty job and a shitty place it to is. be in your life. It is. It's terrible. They send you up to space because mm -hmm. Earth is worse. But to get up to space, like they charge you for the fuel. They charge you for the seatbelt rental. They charge you for the food and the oxygen. They charge you for the electricity you use. They charge you for everything. And if you get cloned, well, shit, you're fucked then because they charge you for the clone. Uh, and it's like you start off the game with like literally like a billion dollars in debt. And you can see it. On the screen, it's just hanging over your head the whole time. But this game has a lot to say about like corporatization, about capitalism stuff. So it's all part of the it's all part of the plan. Basically, you go into space. They give you a quick tutorial. They say, "Hey, man, here's the ship. You get to cho choose whatever one you want. You can scan it, and the first ship is no problem. Like you look at it, it's like some of it is like carbon steel, and that one's got to go in the recycler, and some of it is like aluminum, and you got to throw that in the furnace. And there's like these different places where you can 
grab a piece of metal and huck it into this giant bin and it goes to the right recycling place. But the, the real key of it is like studying the ship. Each ship is kind of like a puzzle. The starting ship's pretty easy. They're only made of like two or three materials. And when you look at them, anything that glows yellow is like a kind of like a connection point. So like, let's say you've got these two sheets of metal. You don't want to cut through the metal because you're cutting through it. You're going to reduce the value of it. You want to like disassemble it as, as uh, you know, efficiently as possible. You could just fucking cut through the entire ship and cut it in half if you wanted to, but you'd fuck up like all the systems that you're cutting through. Like you fuck up the electronics, you cut the engine in half and you mess up the panels and like you get way less money. And the point of it is to make as much money as possible to pay off your fucking $1 billion of debt, right? So you got to be more strategic. You got to look at the connection points, scan them real quick. You're like, okay, well, if I burn this hatch open and get inside the ship, and then if I turn myself upside down, I can like shoot these little connection points. And then the side panels of the ship will just like float off the side. They're still in basically mint shape. I'm going to throw those, throw those into the recycler, get max points for those and start working out my debt. So that's basically what you do. You're floating around. Um, try not to carry yourself as the game goes on. It gets more dangerous. Like there's more, there's some components that'll explode. If you cut them, there's some things that you certainly don't want to cut through. There's some parts that you got to like be really careful of. And also there's physics. If you um, are not careful, you can get crushed sometimes by these large pieces that you're um, whipping around with your gravity gun and everything. It's really, it's, it's, it's interesting because it is both really relaxing and it is also incredibly stressful at the same time. Stressful because that debt is constantly on screen and you're thinking every single time you make a cut, if it's a bad cut on the top of the screen, it shows, oh, you lost $7. Oh, oh you wait lost $15. A minute. Hold on. You can totally see it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, a pop-up doesn't come up, but you can see it. There's a little bar on the top of the screen. Green is cash you've earned. Red is cash you've lost. And every bad cut, that red mm. bar grows bigger and bigger and okay, bigger dude, and bigger. Hold on for a second. Yeah. So watching the screenshots and then you, hearing you talk about it, it reminded me of Animal Crossing and the fact that Tom Nook <laughs> made Tom you Nook. pay a million dollars. But the uh, part is you can kind of like the game is a simulation to go kind of relax in space and just do things, right? Like cut right, things up. Right, and, right. But, but you just saying that made me worried because I don't want to be concerned with how I'm doing. I feel like, and I'm just jumping ahead because I don't, I have not played this game, but if everything you just told me about the game was that's it and there was no real money attached to it and you just go out into space and have to do this, that sounds like a power washer game to me, you know? Similar, very similar in vibe, yes. But absolutely. is there, should I be worried and feel like this kind of, if I fuck up, it's going to set me back somehow? Well, I'm playing on normal mode, right? So there's a couple different modes. Um, and because uh, we recently had somebody review this at Game Critics, I forget who it was. I think it was one of our new guys. I think it was um, Jason, I believe, uh, who reviewed this. And in his review, he said that a lot of the enjoyment of, of the game that he got was from the commentary on capitalism. So you kind of have to struggle with that a little bit. And, and his review made it sound really good. So I'm like, okay, that's I'm going to go for that and try this out. But there is a mode which is like the relaxed mode. And I don't know if there's any money in that mode or I know there's no time limit because when you're doing the normal mode, you have to pay for the oxygen, right? You're in there. Every breath is money, right? Every breath is a couple bucks. And so you want to get it done as quickly as possible. So you spend less money on electricity, less money on oxygen, et cetera, et cetera. But I believe the relaxed mode, uh, which is available from the start, is just I think it probably takes away most of that stuff. Okay. I haven't tried it yet, but I believe there is that mode. Yes. Yeah, I want to play the ultra rich mode where I'm like, I'm not in debt and I just going up there because I'm helping out. I don't know. As a volunteer. It's just fun. Yeah. yeah, it's just really fun. So it's it's really it's interesting. I think the physics are really done well. I feel like as an astronaut floating in space, I have 
an above average level of control. So you know you don't just like spin out of control. You have like space brakes, which are not really a thing, but you have brakes and you can turn yourself. And I felt like I could maneuver really effectively. Using the gun is pretty cool. Uh, tutorial is pretty solid. So I think it's just a really great game. I, I really am looking forward to spending some more time. And just cutting the ships up is, is like you said, it's kind of like a power wash. It's pretty therapeutic. And I just, mm. I love like making that clean cut and seeing that piece fly off the ship. I'm like, yes, I got that. I got the whole panel of carbon. I'm going to throw that in the burner and boom, there it goes. And see, that's just a real, that's yeah. just the power wash game. What, so, what yeah, I got exactly. Me, yeah, exactly. So I'm digging it. I think hard space shipbreaker is great. I'm looking forward to seeing more of the story. Uh, there is a story. There is a campaign. Uh, I think it would be fine if all you're doing is cutting ships, but there is a narrative to get through. So excited. It looks great. Controls great. I'm playing it on PlayStation, I think. I think it came to Game Pass, I want to say. Yes, it is on Game Pass. It is on well, Game Pass. Well, then I can check it Pass. out for free. Check it out for free. And uh, I think it's really cool. I think it's really interesting and neat and different. <clears throat> and I think it's really well done. So I'm liking Hard Space Shipbreaker quite a bit. Check it out. Check it, check out. it out. All right. And on Game Pass, too, for free. All right, Carlos, over to you for your man. You're like Mr. Demo, like the last month. You've been demo, demo, demo. Yep. Demo it up. Star Ocean, the Divine Force demo, which was surprisingly hard to locate. Yeah, let's talk about that first before I talk about the actual experience, because I played the entire demo. Uh, I am like demo crazy right now for specifically RPGs, obviously, because I'm literally like a vampire who doesn't have enough blood. That's how I feel about RPGs right now. Um, so I'm just finding anything that I can get that's an RPG and sucking all of the blood out of it. Which that is so. I'm I'm trying to like picture that in my head. Like, what would an RPG vampire even look like? I'm not even sure. Well, no, I'm looking for an RPG experience, and I'm a vampire, so I'm a vampire RPG vampire. So I have to see. I just said that as a palindrome too. This episode's weird. Anyways, this is a weird episode. So to find it, uh, I had gotten it, of course, as soon as it was available. Right, like. It had a timed window for availability. I think it's gone by now. Um, and so I got it day one and played it. But then when you looked for it, which is I, I think on the tail end of when it was available, you couldn't find it in search on the PlayStation, correct? That is correct. I did search. It didn't come up. It brought up a couple older Star Ocean games, and these were not them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I, I, I can't. I'm like, am I wrong? Is Carlos playing this on PC? What's going on? And so I showed you the hack, which has happened many times on PlayStation, which is one of the cons for that system. I made fun of Xbox's UI, which is a piece of garbage. Um, So Sony does this too, which doesn't make any sense. Their search just breaks or something. Every once in a while, certain things that I could search for are gone. I'm guessing it's because they're always updating the catalog, right? But that means they're also somehow updating their search. Like right now, if you uh, search for Ocean, uh, Star Ocean, for... If you type in S-T-A-R-O-C, you get things like upgrade your PlayStation subscription. Like that's the results. Yeah, it's garbage. It doesn't make make any sense. sense. And then you go A-N and then it goes, oh, you mean Star Ocean. So broken, right? That's stupid. That is is not high quality. But life hack for anybody who ever has that issue and can't find something, just go to the website. For some reason, the website search never breaks and you just go to store.playstation.com and you search for Star Ocean and you found it right away, right? I mean, cool, but I'm at my console. I, I got know. my controller in my hand. I'm telling I you it's a hack. Like, That's why it's called a hack. I mean, it is a hack. I, I appreciate that. And that is how I found it eventually. I took your advice, went to the PSN store online, and then sent it to my PS5. But it's like, fuck, dude. I, I was on the PS5. It should be right here. Uh, but again, asterisk, at least sending something to your PS5 from your browser works perfectly. That, I mean, true. That, that, that is, is true. true. So anyways, weird. Search is weird. 
Um, but so before I get into it, did you play it a little bit? Um, I did not okay. because by the time I got done downloading the whole thing, I forgot about it and I moved on. My and I think the timing is already over because it was a timed demo. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically, Star Ocean, I liked. Uh, I actually recently, for this podcast, replayed Departure uh, R Plus or something. It was a remake of the original. Um, I really like this series a lot. Um, maybe like two games probably out of the whole series that I really, really enjoyed. And this takes place after the last game, which I love because I'm a canon person, you know. So it's like it's like the newest game, right? It's also the newest game in the timeline, et cetera. Uh, Star Ocean is similar to, um, well, no, it's, Valkyrie is different. Uh, Valkyrie Profile is more like this. But there's a lot of, like, same university type stuff. You know, I want to say, like, Final Fantasy, where, like, the world's the same, but, like, different characters. Um, so it's kind of like that. And this game starts off, the demo starts off very much like um, a, a bunch of the games where it's like, you're on a spaceship. Now you're on a planet. You're stranded on the planet. That's the game, right? That's the game. That's kind of like a lot of the Star Ocean games. So it starts That's like every Star Ocean game. Yeah, it starts the same way. Uh, and I was kind of depressed about that. I was like, oh, it should have been, you know, this is your newest shit, right? But I'll say this. It's super fun to play. Um, your characters... It's weird because I'm going from Valkyrie Elysium demo, which I love the art style <clears throat> and the combat and stuff like that. This is a different type of combat. Um, it's also real time, so it's a real time action RPG. But there's a couple key differences. One, you immediately have you know um, NPC companions. They do their own thing, whatever. You control your main character, um, and your main character is a douchebaggy kind of guy, right? So that's a con. Like, what's up, dudes? Huge blonde hair spiked up. You know, I can't, it's hard to relate to him. But the cool thing is in the combat, at some point when you land on the planet, you get this little spaceship buddy who follows you, like floats next to you, you know? Okay, like a little drone or something? A little drone thing. And what it does is one of the funnest things I've ever done in an action RPG. It basically lets you target an area, okay, by right trigger or something. I forget what trigger. And when you target it, you move around and it's like an enemy or whatever, or it could just be a space like in area, you know, like on the mountaintop or something. And when you let go of the trigger, it just zooms you there, like flying. That's cool. Yeah, nice. So now if you're zooming towards an enemy, it zooms you there and attacks. <clears throat> that is endlessly fun, okay? Um, this is the pro of the game. Like the combat was just so much fun to do. I just wanted to do all that zooming. And it also like... You know, there's secrets everywhere, right? So, like, gems and all that shit. So, it's like, you can use that to go up this rock face that you couldn't normally climb. So, you're always, like, zooming around the place and trying to find stuff. So, I like that a lot. <clears throat> and the combat's just super fun and frenetic. The con on the combat, and I ask, I'm going to ask you this. I don't know how many games does this, but when you, it's an action RPG, but it has that turn-based thing where if you don't have action points, you can't attack. Yes, yes, yes. Not many games do that anymore. I feel like it's it's pretty limiting. It is really limiting. I think that was really originated by the Final Fantasy. I think they're active turn-based, uh, active active time battle. It's like the ATB system, whatever right. ATB stands for. Yeah. It's that system where you might be real-time, but if your your, mar, your your meter or your bar is not full, you can't take any action, but you're still in in the scene getting attacked or Yeah, or dodging or and stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. again, good dodge roll um, and uh, a bunch of stuff as well. Uh, the flying, you can use the flying to dodge. So, yeah, I basically just had to, like, run away sometimes, and I wasn't used to that in a combat action game, uh, RPG. So I didn't like running out of energy, 
where like you hit any button and nothing happens, you know? Yeah, that's a bummer. So that's the only con because it did happen. But then, you know, you, you, you just get smart about it, right? Like you use your attacks for this thing. You kind of go back a little bit, retreat for a minute, let it fill up and whatever, et cetera. But with that flying thing, man, it really does help out a lot. So um, the character's really fun. There's like really quirky things. Like I met a big bunny out of nowhere. There's a huge fluffy bunny. And I was like, what? Then you catch little bunnies. Um, I was like, I guess that's a mini game. So there's a lot of like quirkiness into it as well. Uh, I played every ounce of that demo. It was like two and a half hours. And it's just something that's super addictive. Like it's not like going to knock you over the head with like, I don't think an amazing story. I don't know. But so far it wasn't. Uh, it just felt like another fun sci-fi RPG, which there's not many of, right? So that's a positive. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. The genre is pretty small, and I feel like Star Ocean kind of has the market cornered on that, which is, I mean, kind of unfortunate because I, I, I've tried a, a couple of Star Oceans, and they've never really clicked with me, but I would love another, like, true sci-fi. You know, maybe not, uh, you know, something along the lines of Mass Effect or something like sci-fi, but it's like an RPG and something like that. But Star right. Ocean, I don't think... It's quite my jam, but uh, well, that zooming thing sounds pretty nice. The though. zooming thing's amazing. It's one of my favorite takeaways. Um, it makes me like it makes you, it's an addictive thing that you want to just keep playing with, you know. And then also, like, it's definitely not. I don't think going to reach like levels of Mass Effect story, you know. It definitely yeah. feels more like a lighthearted, almost JRPG style. Um, and then the other con was in the demo, at least, it was chugging. Um, it, when I got really? when I got to a certain level, and I played on PS Five. Uh, in performance mode, so not even graphics mode. It, it's that's it comes out in October, the end of October. So they've got to do a bunch of optimization because it was unacceptable. Like, like uh, it went down to like twenty maybe or fifteen at times, you know, frames. Wow. Um, and it wasn't everywhere. It was just in these like interesting, like you know, big, huge open world spaces. Yeah. But when it happened, it was like took away a lot of that fun because it's like now you're chugging a bit. So, I mean, point of clarification, though, I if correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is technically a PS4 game like this is not being designed. Oh, uh, you know, it'll it'll play on PS5. But I, I remember looking it up and I'm pretty sure it's a PS4 game. OK, that's interesting. I mean, I was playing the PS5 version of the demo, but right, right, right. But maybe it's not optimized for the new. The new yeah. Hardware, right? So let's hope to do some optimization in that last month window. Although me just saying this, it might get pushed, you know, because. It's, I don't think it's a hard date. I, it's definitely on the store. Yeah, you don't want to release it if it chugs already. I mean, that looks bad for, for them. It looks bad for PlayStation. Yeah, so let's hope. Um, now that uh, to just always go back to Valkyrie Elysium because it's my favorite thing. Because that's what we do. Yeah, but that de- that game comes out, well, now, you know, but like um, d- the demo, which I played about a few weeks before, if not a month before, I guess, was um, just n- never chugged. You know what I mean? So... Anywho, I really enjoyed it. I had my fun. I it doesn't carry over, so none of the save data carries over, which sucks. But that's a bummer. But I think it's because it's they definitely could do a lot of work in the zero hour. You know that last hour, like we said in the, at the top of the show. Uh, um, you know, development goes until the very last second. So well, graphics are the first thing done. Everybody well, we knows know that. that so, but, um, yeah, that's confirmed. That's confirmed. But yeah, so I think they have a lot of work to do. I could see it getting pushed. Um, not because it looks bad at all, but like I think that just to make it, you know, really great and sing. But I'm going to play the shit out of it. Like I'm going to buy that day one uh, unless we get a code for some reason. But if we don't, uh, yeah, I like it. It's a positive review. Go, You can't play the demo anymore. I think it's over. But I'm saying that it's it's good. It just needs some optimization. 
quick thought that just occurred to me. Would you say, Carlos, <clears throat> that Valkyrie Elysium is the Cyberpunk 2077 of Japanese active uh, turn-based games? Is it is it in that ballpark for you? I don't know. I, I mentioned it enough. I feel like we're approaching that Carlos's favorite game space with Valkyrie Elysium. Wow, are we? I mean, the fact I that I like got the digital version, paid that money to just to, so I could play it early. Um, well, I... <laughs> Uh, this uh, this whole show is just gonna be about Valkyrieism, really, but I think what it is again, it's just that anything that's an action RPG, if the combat's fun enough, I want to keep doing it. Yeah, and yeah. I know that it's fun enough even without that pawn system that they're gonna add back to it. You know, because most of the demo you don't have those characters, right. which is those I forgot the names of them. The Einhorn Yard. Einhorn Yard, yeah. So without with add those together with it, and some of them look like really cool characters. Uh, my wallpaper is actually one of them because I'm so excited. It just feels like, yeah, like that kind of mechanic makes me want to play it forever. And Cyberpunk's yeah. the same way. Like I played the shit out of that because I like the melee combat. But yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. But yeah, I, that's a it's a thumbs up for me, and I can't wait to play it in real in earnest. There we go. Uh, one more game <laughs> before we wrap up here and head to the final portion of the show. Uh, Potion Permit is ah. the game that I am playing. Yeah, have you seen this one? Yeah, I was on my radar, and I didn't know if you're going to play it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing it on the Switch right now. Uh, this is a top-down, hand-drawn, pixel-based um, RPG. It's a real-time action RPG sort of a thing. Um, you play a alchemist who comes to this town, and you don't quite know what the backstory is. You've been summoned to this town because there's somebody who's really sick and they need your help. Uh, but when you get there, everybody like hates you. They're like, oh, God, another alchemist. Oh, fuck these guys. What are you doing here? And mm. you, you very quickly realize something bad happened with the last alchemist. And you are not super welcome. But the dad of the sick girl is the mayor. And so he kind of tells everybody to shut up. And he brings you in to do your business. And basically, um, the game is broken up into several parts. Uh, there's the town part where you got to like walk around and talk to people and meet citizens and take side quests from people. Mostly people get sick or something. And you need to like find out uh, how to help them. There's a diagnosis mini game. Like people come to your clinic and then they are like, oh, my, my throat hurts. The very first person is like, my throat hurts. So you do this kind of like rhythm action, like up, up, down, down, um, DDR sort of a mini game to diagnose not only what's wrong with them, but also how satisfied they are with your care. Like if you, if you don't miss any, they're like, oh yeah, doctor knows what they're doing. They got me, they got me diagnosed right off the bat and they got the right diagnosis. But if you miss some of those beats, they're like, ah, your fingers are clumsy and this is no good. And you know, so there's that part. Then you need to go out into the world. Uh, again, kind of like a top-down 16-bit, kind of a Zelda sort of a thing. Uh, and there's these little areas uh, that are gated off at first, but you can unlock more as you go. But basically, you're in the woods, and you see herbs, and you'll see mushrooms, and you'll see uh, you know rocks or whatever. And you have a couple different tools, and you just you harvest them. Like you go, you whack the, the herbs, you collect the herbs, you whack the rocks, you get the trees, whatever. You collect all this stuff. While you're out there, there are definitely monsters. So like... Uh, bears and slimes and some other kind of, you know, whatever, woodsy monsters that you fight. You can fight those guys and get goods from them too. Like you kill a bear and you get like honey, of course, because bear, bears carry honey with them all the time. And uh, I don't know, bear claw or something like that. You harvest this stuff. You got to go find out where it is, get it uh, back to your lab. You come back to the lab. And in order to make whatever it is this person needs to get healthy, it's it's not like a Tetris mini game, but it's kind of like where each herb, rock, mineral honey whatever everything you get is a shape that's like a tetris shape um it doesn't look like that when you're in the field but when you get back to your lab and you're looking in your cauldron it looks like a tetris shape 
So for example, you'd be like, oh, I need to make, um, I don't know, moonbeam soup for this person because they got a sore throat. So like you look at your different uh, ingredients. They all have different colors. And the recipe will say you can use red things and green things and blue things, but no yellow things. And it has to be in this shape. And you'll see like this like weird shape on your screen. And you realize I need to fill that shape with my various Tetris pieces. Can't leave any squares open. And I can only use the colors that the recipe calls for. So like to make the moonbeam soup, uh, it's like, oh, I can use any color. So that's fine. That's easy. I need like an L shape and I need like um, a one block shape and I need a square shape and I need uh, a C shape or whatever. So you look to see what your stuff has um, and then you, you find the ingredients that have those correct shapes. You put you plug them into your cauldron, stir it up and then boom, you got your you got your uh, your potion or whatever. Dude, I'm getting Dr. Mario vibes. I mean, guy, it's not a puzzle game. Like, there's no time. I know, but when you're you talking know? about it, like puzzle yeah. pieces and and curing people. Yeah, it's it's vaguely in the in the same conceptual ballpark mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you plug in those pieces, you give it to the person, they get better, and they're like, "Oh, I thought you were scum, but I actually like you now because you healed me up. You're okay in my book." And so then you got to go and do quests for people to kind of get them on your side. Um, of course, there's like another rival doctor who's like, ah. I'm a witch doctor and you're a alchemist and I, you suck and I don't like your medicine and my medicine's better. Uh, but he's kind of falling out of favor. So he's kind of like stirring up trouble for you. Um, and then you kind of just go and like play that. It's like just like this RPG where you're getting to know the people in the world. You're getting to know um, the parts of the land. The, the more people like you, the more of the world you can access. They give you permission to go further and further afield. They get different ingredients. You get different colors, different shapes. You're going to find different recipes. You're going to find different people with different sicknesses. And that's kind of what you do. So I feel like overall... It's pretty well put together. I feel like if you were in the mood for this kind of like this kind of RPG where you want to you want to get to know a town like a cozy RPG almost. You get to know a small town. You get to know the residents, um, all this kind of stuff. You get to know the area. Really kind of feel lived in. Um, that's what this game is going for. And I think it achieves it really well. I think it, it's really cool. I only have a couple of uh, cons. But before I get to the con, I will say you have a dog and he comes around with you. You can name him whatever you want. And one neat feature is like when you need to find somebody. Uh, this game runs on a real-time clock situation. There's like a night cycle, day cycle. People have their own schedules, you know, like the baker will go work in the bakery and et cetera, et cetera. And he'll be at home at nighttime and all that. Um, if you need to find somebody in a hurry, if you've met them, you can talk to your dog and be like, hey, dog, um, I need to find so-and-so. And then, you know, you, you plug him in and he'll go track that person down. So hmm. if you don't know where they are, he'll just be like, oh, yeah, I can smell them and they're over here. We're going to go find them, which is awesome. I love that because ultimately it's a time-saving quality of life feature. Which, you know, because I'm sure we've all in those games with real-time systems. Oh, man, where the fuck is so-and-so? I forget. Are they at home? Are they at work? Where do they go? What do they do? It's a drag, right? It's yeah. a drag. So I appreciate that they do that. So that's cool. A um, couple cons. I will say that I believe the... Um, gosh. No, no, I'm not going to talk about the text. I think the text is small, but I didn't write that in my notes. I may just be in the broken record of saying oh, all Switch text is too small. All Switch text is small. I, I'm not going to say that. I think it's probably okay. Uh, but the one thing I will say, which is not even really a con, is just with the art style, it's just kind of a preference thing. It's just like, I feel like everybody's legs are too skinny, and it looks kind of weird to me. And I, it doesn't affect the game in any way. It's skinny not even... Skinny legs. The, the legs issue. are too skinny. Yeah, and it just it kind of throws me off a little bit. Like, the sprites are really well drawn, and from the front, everybody looks cool. But when your character starts running, they got these weird little stick legs, and it kind of... It kind of bugs me, man. Like it's stupid. It's totally stupid. It's just like a total aesthetics issue. It is. It doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it just kind of bugs me. Um, it's a good I episode really feel... title, potentially weird, weird little stick weird, legs. Weird little stick legs. Um, that's the only thing that bugs me. 
other than that, I feel like this game is really competent. I feel like the tutorials are good. I feel like the systems are good. Uh, I think the systems for collection and <clears throat> potion making and all that stuff. The only other, the only other con that I will say, and it's also like a really like a nothing burger con. When you're starting the game and your dog is with you, your dog gets hungry after a while, and then he starts like dragging, like he looks sick and he looks really sad and he starts like he looks like he's gonna die. And I'm like, holy shit, I gotta fucking feed this dog. What do I do? And like the tutorial does not cover feeding the dog. Oh. And I'm like, oh no, what's happening? I'm, my dog is suffering, man. I gotta. I don't have any milk bones or anything. I got nothing to give him. What am I supposed to do? And I couldn't figure it out and couldn't figure it out. And so I had to do like, I was playing for like a while with my dog, like looking like he's a death store. Uh, it really bothered me, dude. It kind of bothered me. Yeah. And I was not cool with that. And eventually at some point in the tutorial, they're like, oh, if you push ZR to wh whistle for your dog, he'll come up to you and then you can interact with him. So I had been trying to click on the dog. Like I got a mushroom, eat a mushroom real quick, or I got a piece of beef jerky or something, tried to give it to him and nothing happened. Like he wasn't, you couldn't interact with the dog, but the tutorial said you had to push this button first, whistle for him, and then that opens up the dog to uh, the dog interaction mm, menu. Okay. And then it's like, okay, feed the dog, pet the dog, find somebody. And I'm like, man. They should have said that at the beginning. Yeah, you could have told me that like half an hour ago, and I wouldn't feel as fucking guilty for starving my digital ass dog who's not even a real dog, and I feel bad about it. So yeah. that sucked. But that's, again, that's not even really a complaint. So That seems cool. Um, yeah, it's a good game. I don't have any complaints. If you want a cozy RPG, get to know the town heal people gather herbs this is your jam it's pretty well put together it's cute looking except for those skinny legs and the starving we dog but other than that legs. it's a good game uh, another potential title for the game uh for the a podcast is red things green things and blue things you said that that's at some point one. that's pretty funny that's a good okay one. so uh check it out check it I out must, that is a good one it, and we're not done with the show even though i'm tired and it's warm in my apartment i have a surprise game surprise oh shit surprise it's only gonna game. take one minute though Surprise game. Okay, what is it? Zump jump, baby. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to bring this up. I was surprised you didn't bring it up in housekeeping. Well, it's a, it's got its own category. It's got its own segment. Because it's oh, a real game I played and beat. So it's got to be official in the official So for, pe for people who didn't catch last episode, which may be somebody, you want to fill us on on what zump jump is, Carlos? Yes, last episode and probably every other episode before this. We've the last talked five about episodes. Really, really corny, like $1.50 games uh, populating all the console uh, store pages. And a lot of these are just cookie cutter, you know, jump games or endless yeah, it's garbage wear, man. It is yeah. garbage wear. And so there's a million of the jump games. So quump jump and yump jump and pump jump. <laughs> and you're not even kidding, dude. You're not even I'm not joking. even kidding. So I picked one, which was in my like weird world, the best. I think I went on Twitter saying that it was better than Elden Ring. It's a zump jump because it's it's an X UMP. Gotcha. And you play as a pig. And uh, the description of the game is goal is to overcome all the obstacles and tra traps on the way and grab as many coins as you can. So that's what you do. It's a, a, up, a jumping up game. Now, okay. now I'm going to actually talk about this more than I thought I would because Go ahead, there is man, one interesting curious. thing. So it's one of those things where like if you're on a piece of ground that's solid in the air as you jump up, your goal is the top, right? It doesn't nothing. It's You're fine. But if you jump on those little platforms that fall away, then you're dead, right? If you if you don't jump uh, up far, enough, far enough up, am I making sense? <clears throat> um, I'm not. I mean, so maybe. So what I'm saying no, is, can... you jumping up, the goal is to get to the top, right? And if you jump on a piece of land that's floating in the air, that's fine. It's like a solid piece of land. You're fine. You could stay there as long as you want. But if you jump on like a piece that falls away, then you have to keep jumping, right? 
Right. So the you know, crumbly platform or something that right, falls. Right, right. Okay. Then there's moving platforms, the same thing. But if you fall at the bottom, you're done, right? Like no matter what. If you fall all the way back to the bottom of the ground. Well, you don't like, even fall. You just fall off the screen. So if you fall off the, off screen, the screen at okay. all, gotcha. you're done, gotcha. right? And if you get hit once by any enemy, you're done. So it's it's like an Elden Ring Dark Souls game in that way. It's the Dark Souls of Zump Dark Souls games. of Jump Games. Okay. So uh, it's tough is what I'm saying. But I beat that game. And now it did only take me probably seven minutes or something. Maybe I was, 10. I was, I was just going to say, is it like three levels and you're done? It's not Five three. No, no. It's, I mean, I had a B on my game. Okay. <laughs> Zump Jump isn't for the week. Okay. All um, right. All right. But I did get, I didn't get as many coins as possible, like the description said. I got like 380 uh, worth of them, but I guess I missed some. So I got to the top and then you get like, I don't know, some other points. And it does like confetti. And uh, and that's it. That's the end of the game. There's nothing. What else. do you do with the coins? Nothing. Just to collect them. Yeah, you just collect them. You try to go back if you want to play it again and, and get you more. Can't coins. buy any skins or anything no, like that. No, no, no. But Jesus. by but by doing anything in that game, you get um, trophies. So like, I jumped five times and I got a trophy. I got to level three hundred. I got a trophy. Uh, I died once by a bee. I, I got a trophy. So if you want easy trophies, I don't ever follow those things. But and then by beating the game. And by the way, I guess I did everything you could do in that game. I got a platinum. Wow. I platinum jump jump. Yeah, I platinum jump jump. So f- game of the year, 2022. <laughs> uh, better than Elden Ring, for sure. Uh, shares a lot of the same DNA and the fact that if you die, it's over. Right, right. I heard one of the guys from FromSoft was actually working on this on <clears> the side. They did on the side for a little while. And then he had to like get on Elden Ring. Um, so anyways, I had an actually fun time with it, you know, for seven minutes. But I also played it because, well, check this out. I, played I had it. a fun seven minutes. <laughs> hey, I mean, it wasn't not fun. I was like, it was challenging enough to get to the top, that's, and then I did it. fucking amazing. I love Wait, that. Wait, is that the title? That's probably It might title. be. It might be a fun seven minutes. That this is a fun, fun, this is a kind of a sad side story. I just want to tell it really quickly. I looked up the developer, and their name's Zakim, Z-A-K-Y-M. And they have a whole webpage and stuff like that. And they make things like a Pretty Bird, which is a Flappy Bird clone. And then they make a game that is using a template. It's called Pacmaga and Pacmaga 2. But it actually looks like a kind of okay platformer, you know, like left to right kind of game. Yeah. And then all the jump games, which are essentially the, almost the same. Um, but what I thought was really interesting, and this is actually kind of a heartwarming thing, is that, you know, I make sketches and I, you know, no one sees that I get sad. And if people see it, I'm happy because when we make stuff, we want people to enjoy it, you know? And I know this is not where you think I'm going with this game or company because we could just like call it garbage. But I went to their Twitter. I did a deep dive. Oh, Jesus. Wow. You really did, man. And there are some humans out there that are were interested in their games and not and like looking forward to another one. Like and I was like, who are these people? And then and not in a negative way. I'm just saying like that exists. It's almost like. We people put themselves in a bubble and they think that, you know, and that this is definitely a soapbox. I don't need to go on. But it's like there are there is something for everybody. And even if you don't think your thing resonates with anybody, it might resonate with resonate with two people like out of the whole population of the planet. Sure, sure. And so there was like some people interested in their new games. And I had like a tear. I was happy. I was sad by that. I didn't know what to feel. Um, I'm confused by this whole experience of Zump Jump, really. 
Man, so you know, it's funny you're talking about this because I mean, number one, kudos on your investigative journalism there. I mean, thank I feel you, like thank that you. Was, I have an associate's degree. Research, I have associate's degree. Most research we've ever done in this game for in this podcast for anything. And I have a little more things about it, but go ahead. Yes. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, you know, you brought up Pretty Bird, and that's on the PSN store, and me and my son were getting some shits and giggles out of it. You could like Pretty Bird one through six were all within like five rows of each other. Right. Like it wasn't even you had you didn't even have to go far that that far back, and it was like. All these are the games that just look like trash. But regardless, I mean, the, I think what you're really coming to is something that I've known for a while is that it doesn't matter what game you're talking about. It could be any game whatsoever. It could be Final Fantasy. It could be Zump Jump. It could be anything it in between. Could be Zump Jump. It doesn't matter what it is. Literally every game that's ever been made, there's at least one person out there that is their favorite game of all time. You can pick fucking any game. The trashiest garbage game you think you've got. It does not matter. Someone out there I guarantee you that is the star in their sky. That is the center of the universe. That is their favorite game. Uh, that is a truth. And so I think that you are just now discovering you're, you're peeking into that world, right? The world of people who are zump jump lore divers and who are looking forward to the continuing adventures of pretty well, bird. You know like what? You're finding these folks. You're not wrong. And that's a great, I mean, that's a good summary of what we're, we're getting to the other part though. And this is good for us to hear too. And also all the other, uh, not like us it, stick up your ass game journalists out there who think it's so fucking important. I never went on that tangent, but I, I want to go on it. I won't go on it now um, <clears throat> because it's games. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's people who need to calm down. So um, what I'm saying is to that point, it doesn't even have to be their favorite game. It could also be just good enough. Like that's right. also out there, right? People like, Zump Jump isn't going to win any rewards, but it might be for a younger people, right? You got to think about sure, that. Sure, sure. And like, you know, an eight year old's playing it and going, like, this is fun. You know, I'm playing this on my phone, I'm playing it on my PlayStation, whatever. That's true. Or it could That's be true. someone like me who's just, you know, old grizzled veteran, but like doesn't wants to take a break and wants to play like a kind of a phone game on his, on his PlayStation. And that's what I did that night for seven minutes, right? But like, that's what I'm saying. It's not even it has to be their favorite game, it could just be like a fun distraction. So right, I think it's almost right. like it put in perspective of like, wow, there's a bunch of people out there who just want an interesting thing to do, and it doesn't have to be all important. Graphics 8, Story 7, you know what I mean? Like, I know that's what I, we I, do, but like... You are correct. You are 100% correct. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Okay. Like, I, I, I am with you, brother. And at the same time... But... I, I, I have to say that it feels bad when I go to the PSN store and I see... Six pretty birds and seven desert drives yes. and fourteen zump jumps. Like I agree. I get what you're saying and I, I agree with you, but also something something about this is not right. And I don't know, maybe they need to go on a different tab or maybe category. Well, that's it. I can tell you the answer. I can tell you the answer because I agree with you, right? Like I think we just bring it up in the show all the time because it is polluting, and that's a true word. Yes, that is true. Uh, our experience to go look for new games. And especially for, you know, we want a specific type I of mean, game. that's true. You are stopping me from finding new games because I seem too much right. of these. So all they need to do, and is still my wish, is it puts it in a casual place. Put in in a or, or a 2D thing. Or just put it in a different menu. I mean, casual tab or kids tab would be pretty Yeah, cool. or just like simple tab or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Like funds aside, but just yes. don't put it next to my PS5 Elden yes. Ring. Light, light bites. Because I know yeah. Zump Jump is being compared to Elden Ring, so I can see that one, okay? Everything else, maybe not. Zump Jump, I get it. So anyways, I don't know. That was my deep dive. <laughs> I really, I went through a range of emotions. I did it as a LARF. This has been a journey, dude. I know. I did it for I a... I feel like we both have been on a journey. You took me on this journey with you. <laughs> it's a surprise game. So there it is, Zump Jump, game of the year. Uh, I platinumed it. 
Can I just say, I at, at no point when we first started bringing these games up, did I ever think we were going to spend this much time on them, that we would ah. come back to them for multiple episodes in a row, that you would grow as a person and also force me to grow as a person as well <laughs> nice. to talk about fucking Zump Jump? I never... Never thought we would get here. I never thought that was the goal, but here we are. This podcast is magic. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. Friendship is magic. Zump jump is magic. Okay, zump jump is go. magic. Oh, I want. There's so many magic. titles for this. Podcast. I refuse. I refuse to give. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any more fine. PR? Okay, so that is that. <laughs> that is the show, and what a journey it has been. I Our like takeaway from people listening to the show is gonna be like, I should go get jump jump. Jesus, it's a dollar fifty. We're going to sell so many copies of Zump Chump, that person needs to thank us personally because we talk about it 19 episodes in a row. Yeah. Okay, anyway, no more talking about that. Let's get to the shout-outs. Let's get to uh, one last thing before we go. Oh, here. Yeah. Quickly, shout-outs. Uh, quick shout-out to Marco Mortiaro. Shout-out to Jeremy Powers. And shout-out to John from Gaming in the Wild, the ASMR of Video Game Podcast. All of these folks gave us retweets last week and shared our content in their feeds. I very much appreciate that. I know that you very much appreciate thank you, that. Thank you, thank you. Any shares are welcome. So thank you all very much. I really, 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 really thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And one last thing before we go, Carlos, you got anything before we go? Because I got, I got a couple. What do you got? Three, three show type things, okay? And I'll do it hot, okay. rapid fire, both of us, because I'm rapid fire. I'm steaming in this apartment. All right, <clears throat> Little Demon. Did I bring bring it to the show before? You did not, and I've heard of it, but tell me more. Fucking great cartoon about uh, a girl who is a daughter of the devil and then her, her mom you know had sex with the devil and so she lives with her mom her mom's a badass who's played by Aubrey Plaza the voice of uh, Aubrey Plaza's voice okay and so she's a badass mom who's like knows how to do magic and shit like she's a badass and then the daughter is the the da- you know she's got like powers that she's trying to learn how to use and she meets and she goes and talks with her dad who's played by Danny DeVito the voice of Danny Vito. Sure. And uh, he, so it's, it's fun and funny and also gross. But I bring it up because <clears throat> it's one of the like smartest cartoons out right now, animated uh, short shows or whatever. And also it has a message. Almost every episode has a message about, um, you know, kids being bullied or the last one was about um, self-hate and like, um, you know, uh, eating disorders. And at the end of the episode, and the whole episode isn't preachy, but it's about that, right? Like the little kid sees himself as a monster and then like he becomes a monster and it's like fucking intense. But then it has a good message at the end. And at the end of that episode, the last one, they put a hotline up and they're like, if you have an actual issue, you know, you should, you know, reach out, whatever. It's fucking cool as shit, dude. People are not talking about it enough. Little demon. Okay. Question. Yeah. Question. Um, so number one, are we, I realize the subject matter here, but is this like, appropriate for teenage kids or it is has this like to be strictly adults only no it has to be i mean there's there's actually weirdly nudity in it like the the mom gets naked lots of times she just takes off her clothes she's got tattoos all over her body she goes and kills a bunch of demons it's super gory but it kind of has to be about for kids because it's talking about kid issues like this daughter you know she doesn't feel a place at school obviously she's the son of satan um, she's got powers and stuff like that. But every episode, they bring up something really important, I think, that is a discussion jumping off point. So I guess if you're the family, can be okay with some slight nudity and gore, but it's really trying to say an important message almost every episode. Okay, where are you watching this? It's on Hulu right now. Hulu, and this is called Little, Little Devil? Little Demon. Little Demon. Okay. I can't speak highly enough of enough. Again, it's got gore in it and stuff. It's intense, but I think it's really, really an important special show. Okay, good to know. All right. Obviously, Reservation Dogs I love. The new episode oh destroyed my God, me. 
Um, Reservation Dogs. Holy shit. It's like my wife's new favorite show of all time. Okay. Well, I'm so glad. You yeah. I'm glad you guys are finally watching it, right? Oh, dude. Yeah. We're, we're all caught up. We're like, did you see, okay. So very... you saw the last episode? I did. Yeah. I, I'm going to minor spoiler for people just so I can relate with you for a minute about it. <clears throat> so the one before that it had someone die and it made me think of my dad and I was crying yeah. like yeah. straight up tears. And then it made me laugh. And I was like, fuck you show. I love you to death. The same thing happened last episode. I mean, I wasn't even ready for it. They just, and again, being native, it's, a te- sure. it's something else in me or something. But there's a scene where like spirits show up. Yeah. Fucking yeah. gone, dude. I was like, I'm going to like burst out right now. Like it was dude, so I, intense. I, I'm not even, a, I'm not even indigenous in any way, shape or form. I probably like one 32nd millionth part of whatever. Like I'm not indigenous. And I was like crying, dude. I'm like, oh my God, I'm just like a random white guy. And this is fucking killing me, dude. Like, this well, is really heartfelt. You know why you also felt it? Because, one, it's just excellently directed, and it's a, it's a really being, special right? show yeah, for, for humans. Sure. But it's also about, yeah, everybody has ancestors, you know? Yeah. Everybody yeah. comes from some place. And this show is transcending uh, a Native American show, right? Agree. It's Agree. a fucking Agree. great show about people, about comedy, about the comedy you have to see in life and in tragedy. Um, again, it speaks to suicide and a bunch of things that are, are happen in the real world that are dark. This is a fucking special show. I'm so glad it's you guys are watching It's just like about it. life, man. It's just yeah. like everything about it is real and you don't have to be indigenous to identify with anything. I'm, you know, I'm not indigenous at all, but like I'm watching these kids doing these things and I'm like, man, this is speaking to me like so hard, like in so many different ways. Like it's just fucking human. Yeah. Dude. It's so human. It's human. So real. Yeah. yeah. And it also, yeah, if you are native at all, it like touches another place for you too. So. Uh, and the last thing I'll just mention this show <clears throat> that I mentioned to you and you, I think you said something like, what the fuck is this? Um, it's a, sh- it's a four or five part series. The fifth part is coming out right now, like in a, another couple of days. It's on YouTube. It's uh, Ember Knight. She's like a musician who has a band. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So she has a show and basically it feels like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, if you remember that old show with like claymation and stuff. Classic, classic. Yeah. And, and it, it, each episode is like one word. So like one word's sharing one one episode's about like you know uh, trust or something like that, and um, and so it's really intense. It's really weird, but it also has a really good message again about like how we interact with each other as humans on this on this earth. I think it's really special. It, it takes a minute to get into it because it's pretty different, but I, I recommend it for everybody. Ember Knight right. on YouTube. Yeah, it's on my list. We're actually going to watch it today. We have uh, some TV watching planned today, and that is on. Dude, today. I'm so glad you're going to watch it. It's really yeah, yeah. good for like I think a family too, because it it's just confusing and weird and Pee Wee's Playhouse. But then it goes, oh shit, I just learned something. <laughs> I mean, we love Pee Wee's Playhouse. We're all fans of it. My son is into it too, so that sounds like right up our alley. Okay, so. I'm excited. Okay, that's my long winded thing. All right, cool. So a couple things. Uh, one last thing before we go here. Swiss Army Man getting back on the Daniel Radcliffe train. Yep. I know we talked about this. Did I talk about this? Or I didn't talk you about did, this. You did, but I watched it a long time ago, and it's such a, yeah, I'll let you say. Oh, my yeah. God. Swiss Army Man with Daniel Radcliffe. That, that director. is a pretty, that is a, I'm, I struggle to even put into words uh, <laughs> about that movie in a good sense. It was incredible. Um, what I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but basically the premise of Swiss Army Man is there's this guy, he's stranded on an island, He's about to kill himself, and right before he kills himself, a dead body washes up on shore. And he and Daniel Radcliffe is the dead body, which is hilarious. Um, and he realizes that this dead body has all these different functions. He can store water inside of his dead stomach. He can use his stiff muscles to chop through wood. I mean, obviously, it's not super realistic. I think there's definitely some magical realism going on. There's also a little bit of unreliable narrator going on. And clearly, there's a little bit of fantasy going on. Um 
but this story is really interesting. I find that it's, it works on multiple levels. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe's performance is really, man, how brave, dude. What a fucking, yeah. you got to be so sure of yourself to do a performance like this. Like from the get go, he's doing stuff that most other actors would really refuse to do. And um, the ending I thought was incredibly interesting. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it here because I feel like the ending kind of recontextualized the entire thing in a very specific way, but man, what a great movie. My wife and I watched it. We were puzzled and confused and laughing and scared. And the whole time it was just a really, really awesome movie. I, uh, man, hats off to Daniel Radcliffe. That is a great, great film. Wonderful film. Asterix, the director of that. Guess what movie he just did? What? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, same director. Same director. Oh man. Well, that's excellent. Cause I love that movie too. Those yeah. are both really good movies. It's got excellent. that magical okay. realism stuff. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So thumbs up Swiss army, man. I saw also Thor love and thunder, which just came to Disney plus. I know a lot of people were like really ragged on this movie. A lot of people didn't like this movie and I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? Like it is a, it is a Thor movie. It is like laughs. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It delivers. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess um, I wasn't expecting Oscar caliber material. I don't know why people hate it so much. Did you watch this or do you care? No, so it's on my queue. Um, I liked Ragnarok, which is if again. If you like Ragnarok, you're going to like this one right, for right, sure. Right, right, right. So this is Taika, basically. And th- yeah, exactly. Th- th- the negative was people were saying it's too much Taika. Like it's just all him. But I was like, well, I love that about Ragnarok. That's why I like him. You know, I like his weird worlds he makes. Yeah, so yeah. I think I'm going to, yeah, it's on my queue to watch. Yeah, Taika Waititi, who is also one of the producers of Reservation, Reservation Dogs, Dogs yep. which we both love. Yep. If you like his shit, then you're probably going to love this. I thought it was great. I thought it was very well done. Um, you know, it's not like Oscar. It's not going to be my favorite Marvel movie. But, dude, my whole family watched it. We thought it was great. I have no complaints whatsoever. It's All exactly right. what I wanted. There we it's go. back in my queue. Back in the queue. Um, I want to give a shout out to Kristen Bell because I just watched on Netflix the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Have you seen this? Yeah, it was on my queue. I didn't watch it. I know of it, and it seems interesting. It's like a kind of a parody almost in a way, right? Oh, man, it was really good. Okay. It was really good. It was, um, So it's kind of a, a play on like those Hitchcock films where someone's in their house, they're a shut-in or something, and they see a murder from their window, and then they try to figure out what's really going on. Was it a put on? Was it real? Can I leave my house? Cause I've got issues. Should I not leave my house? It was great. It was, it was the strangest show because it's, it's like, it's so funny and so dry, but also it's not funny at all. It goes really back and forth expertly between being dead fucking serious and being completely comedic. And it rides that line the way that uh, I don't even know what I could even compare it to, but it is so dry and smart and witty. And when it makes the jokes, it really nails them, hmm. but then also it's also not always making jokes. And so it's got this really strange vibe to it, but my wife and I really grooved on it. We clicked with it like immediately and it spoke to us. I thought it was so great. Kristen Bell, amazing job. We binged the whole thing in like one and a half nights and we just fucking loved it. All it right. was really, really good. Good stuff. Um, shout out to Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978, which I just watched yesterday. Donald Sutherland. Have you seen this one? I did. I saw that you tweeted that. I have one thing to say about it before you even start. <clears throat> yeah. That, that like, um, was in my nightmares for a long time because I watched it when I was a kid. Same, same. And that sound, I hate it. I will never rewatch that movie. It's, it's got like, <laughs> I got PTSD from it or whatever. Like, I don't, I can't go back to it. Those alien screams are really something They're really else, bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic, and I'm kind of trying to take uh, my son through some of the classic horror films. 
and we just decided to pop that one yesterday. Like I said in my Twitter, if you follow me, it's a half an hour too long for sure. Um, and there's a couple things that could be tightened up. And the guy, the music director, mm. was on fucking crack when he like scored this movie. There are some music choices that are so bad. Mm. Uh, uplifting music where there should be scary music and scary music where there should be no music. And it's just, the dude was on crack. I don't know what he was doing. But overall, a classic. Uh, we enjoyed it. Good stuff. And finally, we're watching the top 100 scary movies on Shudder. Have you seen this? No, but you know what? Gosh damn it, you're making me... Uh, we're putting things back on my radar. Um, and I'm definitely going to watch Thor, I think, uh, this maybe even tonight. But So I was about to watch something. Oh, it's This Is Guar, the documentary on Guar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only on Shudder right now. And it was like, you get a free trial. So, oh, motherfucker, I'm going to get oh, it tonight, okay? Because based on what you're saying, because I'm a Halloween, I love Halloween. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be able to watch This Is Guar, the documentary. So, so heads up real quick. There is five episodes. They break it up in episodes because 100 movies is a lot to get through. Oh, wait, maybe um, I so, saw it. Oh, no, I'm sad if I saw it. When did it come you out? Do you, do you know? It's out right now. Like, no, no, no. Do out. you know when it was made? I believe this year. Okay, if it's this year, awesome. Because I watched a, a series like you're talking about, and I yeah. love that shit where they go through all of them. Yeah, yeah I yeah. hope this is so, a new one because, yeah, now I'm excited. I think this is brand new because it's got like really recent people and really recent stuff. Okay. And we tried to watch it. It's I believe it's five episodes and only three episodes are out. So it's, oh, it okay, seems okay. like it's now brand I'm new. excited. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's brand new. So it's really cool. They've got some really cool stars, people like luminaries from the horror field come on. Um, some actors come on, writers, directors, people that you've heard of for sure. Like you've seen all their work. You maybe you don't know who they are, but you know their work for sure. They come on and talk about stuff. They have clips. We've got through, I think, the first 40 movies and a lot of them i really agreed with and some of them i'd never heard of and so i'm learning some new movies and getting some recommendations it's really fun it's really well done i really like it and, I, and honestly i think shutter is one of my favorite pay-per-view channels dude i feel like i really got my money's worth there's so many fucking like documentaries and um different like inf informational things like miniseries on shutter like it's not just horror movies there's so much stuff on shutter it's really good i love that channel man it's so good yeah i'm gonna go get the free trial now there you go. All right. Um, that is it for me. Carlos, anything final? No, I think we did it. I got to open that All right. window. All right. There we go. There, Open that window. Get that fresh air. Oh, Folks, oh wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> I always do that. Because we were talking about horror, I, I got to, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my buddy's podcast, which I've been on a bunch of times, called the Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah, yeah. You and they talk about horror sure. movies all the time. So uh, while you're, if you like Shudder and you like the, our discussion about Halloween, go check out their podcast, The Grave Plot Podcast. The Grave Plot Podcast. Okay. There we go. All right, excellent. Okay, folks, that is a show. As always, send us your questions, send us your comments, hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. If you're an indie developer who's doing accessibility, hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. If you're an indie developer doing horror slash western, I want to hear from you too. Reach out. We'll promote your fucking product. We'll get you on the podcast. Wait, wait, wait. We're at what well, we're doing these shout outs. If you're an indie developer who make an action RPG, hit me up. <laughs> I want to play Carlos is it. your man. He's your man. We will we will promote that fucker endlessly, dude. So yeah. get it on the show. Let us know. If you are you know somebody, mm -hmm. let them know. Spread the word, my friend. Let's get this thing going. Uh, also, uh, in any of those respects, you can hit us up on Twitter at so Video Games. Also, hit us up individually, Carlos. Where are we directing your traffic this week? You know, I noticed this. Tons of people talk to you on Twitter, and I don't know. For some reason, I don't know. I've never had um, a lot of interactions on Twitter. But maybe I never, because I never get my Twitter name. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on Twitter, too. Uh, it's O-N-A-W-A. -A. Hit me up on Twitter. 
fuck there you go yeah yep yeah, there you go and uh i'm on twitter and instagram uh, as per usual it's my name b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's and this is going to do it for the whack-ass really super forgetful episode 303 thank you again for joining us here on the so video games podcast and we will see you next week for sure but in the meantime this is bye from brad and bye from carlos palindrome